0: red rum red rum
1: red rum boom oh, red rum so welcome to my podcast
0: hello it's me i'm <laughs> it's you it's me uh the famed cult classic major grunge <laughs> That's my joke lately. I'm not I'm not famed or a cult classic, but I think it's a fun meme.
1: I think it's a fun meme too.
0: I like uh I like I like creating this false persona and then peddling it on the airwaves.
1: <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Eventually one day you'll be a cult leader and then they'll listen back to this podcast <laughs> and be like this is where it started.
0: Oh, I can only I can only hope. I can only hope. <laughs>
1: Would you be more like a Charles Manson,
0: or... I think I'd be, like, a reasonable, like, I uh, I look at the Branch Davidians with David Koresh, and I don't really like a lot of his policies, and I don't really care for the religion thing, but, like, the way he kind of ran his business, where he was, like, he would have the jam sessions with all the people, and he was more or less, like... He didn't, like, do... He didn't do anything, like, super fucked up to them, but, like, it was definitely kind of a cult, and then he had the weird thing where, like, he had to marry all the wives. I'm not into that, but... Uh, <laughs> As far as like his demeanor, maybe more of a David Koresh thing.
1: Hmm, Nice. I mean, like one wife is enough, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even I, I... like about marriage.
0: <laughs> me neither. Me neither. I'm very like I'm very like not super into romance. So I don't know. I, I I don't even think that would be. I know all these all these cult leaders like Jared Leto want to uh, have a billion wives, and uh, that's Why? not that's not for me.
1: Oh, like, I'm like, if that's your thing, that's fine. But it feels like a lot of cults are like, let's have a million wives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's an interesting phenomenon. I think it, I think it's like a conqueror thing. Like these ancient conquerors, like, um, I don't know, Alexander the Great and Cyrus, they were all big on taking many wives and Genghis Khan, you know, I think it's this, this dominion idea that so many, first of all, I think men in general take this on, like the subjugation of women are like, I guess to an extent, just having control over women. To a lot of men, gives them some weird sense of validation. I think that yeah. this whole like many wives thing is is a manifestation of that.
1: Look how many women love me. Look how great I am.
0: I think it's that's I'm that's what I see it as. That's what I, see. I think they're trying yeah. to replicate these historical conquerors because they see themselves as like almost gods.
1: But it's like you can just do that without being in a cult or having yeah. a cult. It's called absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And will do it, and it's totally yeah. fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, and exactly. And
1: there's no power structures.
0: There's ethical polyamory that's totally cool. You don't have to be like a weird a weird uh mean guy about it.
1: Did you say meme guy or mean guy?
0: Oh, mean guy. Just a mean dude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so mean.
0: Yeah, he's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> I alternate between saying very harsh things and very like childishly like kind of uh harmless things, you know.
1: I think like I um back in a like the first episode of my podcast I um I said something about like oh my god your neck is so wet and like talking about one of the characters in the movie and I was like that's probably like the most mean thing I'll ever say like that's as far as I go with insults like it's really immature and I was like at 30 I'm allowed to do this again right
0: it's almost more fun that way I would argue Uh, throwing in something that I, that that isn't it isn't insulting at all sometimes instead of saying what the fuck i'll say what the fortnite yeah and i say what the heck uh, yeah i like heck a lot yeah there's there's a power to it
1: and i say holy moly a lot
0: <laughs> it t- it catches people off guard i say golly yeah. gosh <laughs> shucks you know it's good it's good stuff
1: i'll always be like holy moly that is so cool and people are like what <laughs> who, what who yeah. are you <laughs> Because normally I'm like that. It's it's a very beautiful yeah, phenomenon. I'm like that weird, sarcastic person that, like, saying holy moly. I'm definitely saying it ironically. Not...
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Same here. But well, do you ever question yourself? You're like, maybe this started as, as ironic, but is it even ironic anymore? Or is this just me?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. I I do say holy moly mm. a lot. So I feel like I'm now using it.
0: That's ironically. how I feel, too. I I have no longer. I no longer even know what. Is ironic and isn't. I, I, I have no idea, and I don't even know if I even care to like dig deep and reflect on it because at the end of the day, it just is what it is.
1: Well, like when I said in Discord yesterday that I'm now using Wow. Uh,
0: yes, yes, yes. People are got so up in arms. I didn't. Even, I still even listen to the song, but I saw. I
1: don't. I don't even know who's. I sings think it's Cardi
0: B and Megan Thee Stallion.
1: Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. See, I just heard it on last podcast. Oh. The left. And now I'm just saying it about whatever. I see.
0: Well, it cracked me up because Ben Shapiro publicly embarrassed himself uh, over it and that was just hilarious to me.
1: Did he did confirm that he has never ever caused his wife to enjoy herself? Sexually. Yeah, that's exactly
0: what he said. And and it was so just hilarious and pathetic because he was just oh. so convinced. He's like it's it's not possible. It's not possible and 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 everyone was like ben it is it's like you've never experienced it it's but your thing. wife probably wishes you maybe you had experienced it and so
1: your wife yeah. wants a
0: yes wife. yes so basically ben shapiro publicly ben, is like i'm incapable of pleasing my wife and that's kind of what <laughs> what what went <laughs> down and it was just really sad and pathetic and it was also hilarious cuz it's ben shapiro i'm like fuck ben shapiro so you know that's that's what it was and because of that i've enjoyed uh i you know i maybe the song's great i don't know i should probably just listen to it to know but
1: i don't know if i uh like it's not my style same here but i feel like if i'm gonna keep using the word maybe i should have right
0: yeah exactly
1: a little bit more education More than anything
0: you know? else what I enjoy about this song uh is that just all this buzz that's happened around it and all of the like Republican yeah. senators that have been tweeting about how much they hate <laughs> it in the US and oh, it just really? cracks me up it just cracks me up all it takes in the US to make a mad they have never Yeah done yeah it. all it takes it to make a Republican senator in the US mad apparently is talking about sex openly and they're just like ah and oh. they have... Yeah yuck. yuck Yeah
1: sex is for procreation only <laughs> Yeah
0: I can't believe people still believe that
1: no women is allowed to have There's a There's a
0: Satanist protester I really love in the U.S. And she was used to be a member of the Temple of Satan. And then they had to remove her because she was advocating for violence against Donald Trump. And they're like anti-violent. But they're still friends uh, with her. Her name's Jex Blackmore. and I, I love. She's amazing. She's one of my favorite people ever. And uh, she has been starting this whole movement lately. It's called Sex Militant. And uh, the whole like t-shirt campaign <laughs> for it says, I fuck to come not to conceive. And I just really like that.
1: <laughs> oh I, I that is really yeah. cool because i'm a very like i'm a massive sex oh yeah. and it's kind of like because i think for so long i don't i didn't want children so like i never saw like any sexual activity as only you know it's only for having kids like i've never thought that way and so like seeing people who are like yuck, <laughs> oh yeah don't talk about sex i'm like why are you so weird yeah about
0: it? isn't it do you ever like take a kind of a a step back and you look at how a lot of the mainstreamers around you are. I've been using that term since watching True Blood, but the mainstreamers,
1: I call them normies, normies, yeah,
0: normies mainstreamers <laughs> about just like how common some of these lines of thought are like, I, cause you know, I surround myself with all the people yeah. I really like. And uh, I forget that there's still just tons of people out there that are, you know, they like, Oh, smoking marijuana is a sin and you're going to hell for it forever. And that's not uncommon in the U S
1: that's not even in the Bible. No, yeah, it's like, not. The, nothing, it's... N- the Bible doesn't say anything about drugs. <laughs> no. at
0: they all. uh they just like they just like, use the Bible however they want. You know what I mean? They'll they'll it's uh, confirmation absolutely. bias like, central, you know. There's,
1: there's nothing in the doctrine that says if you smoke weed, you're going <laughs> yeah, to. What's the
0: devil's lettuce, though? It's so weird.
1: <laughs> I mean, the devil gets to do all the fun shit. Like as if you wouldn't be in like, like I am um very like non-religious mm-hmm. oh me too moment. me too like um a lot of satanist le- leanings and like very just agnostic borderline atheist beliefs because like i'm one of those people that's i've <laughs> you're gonna laugh at me when i say this i kind of just believe all the gods no
0: exist i actually there. fully am on the same wave i don't think there's any reason why they couldn't all exist
1: and that's the thing like why can't they just or or
0: even they have their own little corners of whatever a theory like i mean if they're gods like they could just have their own little god realm that they do their god thing in and then there's another god that does their other god like valhalla's over here and heaven's over here and like they don't yeah
1: but i just don't have any um like uh what's the word like um allegiance to anything really like um, you know, I went through a period where I like my family were non-religious and then we were Latter-day Saints and then I was born again Christian and now I'm back to like having no a religious A godless like-
0: heathen. That's what I say. That's how I describe myself. <laughs> i just, I just think, yeah i
1: have other things to care about right now than the worrying sky about what dad god thinks about me and i mean if he thinks i'm going to hell that's fine but i don't yeah, believe in hell so i'm not going there i'm a so i'm a whatever. member of the temple
0: of satan yeah yeah well the temple of satan is non-theistic so it's very cool it's a political organization in the u.s that's all it is and uh so right as we speak i'm drinking out of my satanic temple uh uh cup you know i, I love him to death it's a crew I, I very much identify with, but yeah, I mean, I love the I love the 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 symbolism behind Satan and the you know kind of meaning behind you know being the the sort of accuser, the the outlier, the one who questions what is known. But uh, yeah, I don't really buy any of the fucking Judeo Christian mythos. No,
1: no, me neither. It's because like I think because my brain is so on the whole. Well, if I can write a fictional story and write about (laughs) like a zombie outbreak and this really cute ass woman with like shotguns for arms comes along and saves the entire world then some random can write a bible and like that's where like my thinking aligns because i'm just like it's so easy to just do it and say whatever you want
0: anyone could have wrote this and especially if you look at how far back the bible was written you know what I mean like how is how is anyone going to confirm anything back and then And the
1: amount of reiterations that there's also been it's just Exactly
0: like, retranslations reiterations exactly. biases being it's Oh like, it's just like how how, how could you even trust this shit
1: The original transcript in Aramaic I'm not going to believe a fucking thing you say
0: Same here that's exactly what I feel I mean just even looking at uh, I remember when I was still going to school for philosophy studying a text of Aristotle, a very like simple entry of Aristotle where he discusses his ethical system of yeah. virtue ethics, is what they call it you know now, and he talks about eudaimonia, which is a word that is translated by different philosophy professors all over the world slightly differently. And these slight variations in how they translate eudaimonia change the meaning of the text dramatically. Yeah. And that was sort of an epiphany moment where I said, well, if a slight variation of just one word in a text, a small text, changes the whole meaning of the text... The Bible, which has been retranslated a billion times under a billion different, you know, Into a uh, billion different authorities. Languages. Yeah, how 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 would you even have close to the same document at the end of all that? It's
1: not a, and it's not a universal document either, because yep. there are so many different like translations and mi- translation of meaning, not necessarily the language, but the meaning for different like even just different um, denominations is different, and you know, Catholicism oh, yeah. versus like being a Methodist or a um or a Lutheran or a Catholic or whatever, you know, like even that is all different for, for translation of meaning. And, you know, you're going to come across religions that are very like authoritarian.
0: I saw one at the door. Sorry. One moment.
1: Oh, you're
2: right.
0: <laughs> I don't know what that was about. It was, well, there what was a that? delivery thing. Uh, there was a oh, okay. box of food and anyways, apologies. What, what time were, is it? Uh, it's 8 or 2 PM.
1: Oh, okay. So it's not out of abnormal delivering times
0: now well i don't even know time is it, uh, i don't know it's wild <laughs> well, it
1: doesn't matter it's yes. dark outside
0: yeah i don't know this dark time there's night but i have blackout curtains so it's all dark time most oh, mostly yeah, for me oh my
1: bedroom has blackout that's why i opened my curtains cuz i was like oh it's really dark in my room <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't know i love the dark but also i know that if i sit in the dark for too long i get a headache cuz my eyes are straining but i like yeah. the dark it's nice and I don't-
1: I don't mind it, but I also like sunshine. I'm a summer person and, oh, summer summer Discord, and I said this million times in Discord. I
0: hate summer. You mm, know that about me though. <laughs> I hate it so much.
1: I just love and everyone's complaining about dry heat and I was like, take me there. Like oh. come and live in Australian humidity. Like you will hate it.
0: I get that though. That's why I hate summer so much, is because Florida is humidity central and so summer in Florida is unbearable. You probably wouldn't i mean it it has its charms, but it's like just the, the it's very inhospitable. I remember when uh this old story of when when you know America was being colonized, I think it was the spanish who was who were in Florida first, and the Spanish had a couple of forts, but they generally regarded the whole region of Florida as fully inhospitable and even named many of the regions after uh different circles of hell actually the the summer camp oh. I worked at. <laughs> In uh, my childhood. Like, in
1: regards to Dante's Inferno, or... Well, it
0: was, like, uh, one of the... So, this the main region I remember, and this is a small little town called Wetumpka, where most of the economy was driven by meth. Um, oh, nice. And my, my my summer camp I worked at was there, and it was a really interesting summer camp, but it was, you know, very... I mean, you know, it was a swamp. It was also just insanely hot. There were all kinds of dangerous, venomous things, because it was out in the middle of, you know, the middle of, like, dense, dense swamp, right? So, uh, there was no... There were no people around to kind of drive the animals out. So there was just a ton of wildlife, which means there was a ton of dangerous wildlife as well. Um, you know, big packs of coyotes. Of course, alligators everywhere, which yes. honestly weren't much of a problem. You know, panthers and then like snakes, uh, venomous snakes. Whoa, whoa, and, and...
1: whoa, 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 whoa.
0: Panthers? <laughs> yeah, Florida panthers. Um, they're not super common, but they're around. And of course, so cool. big cats are wicked dangerous.
1: Oh, I love the idea. I'm going to I Florida. guess they were...
0: And also, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Wait, there's apparently an ice hockey team called the Florida Panthers too. No, there's actual real Florida Panther. I was like, did I use the wrong word? No, no, they're very real. And so they look more or less like a mountain lion, and they're just as dangerous. And there's not many of them. I think they actually might be endangered. But we
1: had um we had a panther that was a we had a panther, and there was like heaps of photos and people like there's a panther loose in the bush. (laughs) I can't remember where (laughs) it was, but everyone was losing their shit. Well, they are pretty scary. And found it so.
0: They're absolutely, we were talking about apex predators earlier, The big cats more or less universally are just like huge top of the food chain creatures, you know, Mm. they absolutely will destroy humans. I think it's, I'm I'm so fascinated by the idea that like, we think we have dominance over nature as human beings, but there are so many animals that will absolutely fuck us up in a heartbeat. Yeah. We don't stand a chance. Like if you were out on a hike, you didn't have a weapon or anything and you ran it in toe to toe with any kind of big cat. You're done history. Yeah, it is. It really is. You
1: did that's so insane because like I, I listened to this podcast with um it's called the murder the murder squad and it's like the guy um can't even remember his net pull holes and he actually helped uh to
2: oh wow arrest
1: um, the golden state killer so he was a part of that team yeah and like the dna project behind that and whatnot and billy jensen who's a crime writer and like um, Paul holes lives like out in Colorado somewhere, and he's like talking about hiking and for I'm sure. just like dude, there's like shit out there that's gonna
2: like
0: oh, well, and we got not to mention bears, our bears are the real deal, yeah, they're no joke, especially grizzlies. Black bears are not so bad, but grizzlies are w- wicked, dangerous, and very aggressive.
1: I mean, I, I saw them at San Diego Zoo, and that was really cool. Oh I yeah. also freaked out because I realized <laughs> that flamingos are real,
0: yeah, they are they are. I see them in the wild in Florida. It seems bizarre, but yeah, they're they're not very pink though in real in real life. Like in zoos, they feed them like f- dyed shrimp to make them pink. Oh, but like in, in, in the Sh- wild, they're more just kind of a pale white with a slight Look, pinkish tone.
1: Freaked out! I freaked out! I freaked out when I saw <laughs> vultures.
0: Oh! When I saw
1: like all these animals, wow. uh, I love vultures.
0: vultures are cool. We got them all over the place. Turkey vultures, you see a ton of times.
1: I love when they <laughs> when they eat too much, they throw <laughs> up as a defense mechanism. So, like, if something comes towards uh, them, they'll like yeah. vomit to get away. <laughs> and if they're like, if they eat so much, when they try to take off, they'll also vomit to lighten the load so they can fly So light. it's so practical, like, really. What the fuck?
0: They're really practical yeah, animals. They are. <laughs> Most like, scavengers wow. are, I've found. <laughs> you know what's another interesting thing? And I've I've talked to I talked to my girlfriend a lot about this because she really likes possums and thinks they're really cute. And they are kind of cute, but like
1: like Australian possums or like
0: opossums? uh well i mean i guess it would be so the so the opossum thing even though it's spelled opossum they just pronounce it possum here
1: um, okay. and yeah, uh, cuz i know that they look so different they
0: are opossums. very different appearance yeah so the american possum and then there's slightly different you know sub variations as you go up the coast but the kind we have in florida i don't know exactly what the specific species name is but they're mean as shit and i know because i grew up in rural areas and they're mean as shit you run into one they hiss at you they'll try and attack you And uh, I actually had one attack me during a stream. I went outside to take a smoke break. This was back when I lived in Jacksonville. And I was just sitting in the dark and I was in a very swampy neighborhood. So it was like a lot of wildlife. And I was just having a cigarette and I was talking with Chad on my phone as I do. And uh, I just got like just rushed by a possum. And I kicked it away from me and like went back inside. And everyone got upset. They're like, how how could you kick it? I was like, are you kidding me? It was like coming at me. (laughs)
1: There's no fucking rabies.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know what I learned? Apparently they, they can't get rabies, but they're still really aggressive. Oh. And they're also like probably bit me and would infect me with something as well. So, yeah, yeah.
1: I've got one that's living in my room. Oh, wow. And we fucking can't get it out because we ju- we can't find how we Oh, yeah, they're crafty.
0: There. They're really crafty
1: yeah at like midnight it fucking rolls a rock around in my roof and i like have to bang on my roof to shut it up because it's right above my fucking bedroom and i'm like can you go somewhere else like over to the bathroom or something where we can't hear you but it'll There's like such roll assholes. this fucking rock around and i'm like you fucking
0: dick like, that's why i like all these people that think they're super cute and precious i'm like i get this but if you ever like ran into one in the wild and they're like no i'm like they're not cool they're very like very rude
1: I have had this happen to me. So, um, when I was in high school, I was over at my friend's house and we were just, like, swimming in her pool. And her dog actually came over and had, like, all fluff in his mouth. Like, fur. And we were like, what the Mm. hell? And he, like, took us over to this possum. So we grabbed one of the towels and I'm, like, holding it, like, on my lap. And all of a sudden it just fucking launches at my face (laughs) and, like, scratches my face. Uh. And so... (laughs) I fucking just, like, launched this thing that's just been attacked by a dog. I was like, what? You have to. They're mean.
0: They're aggressive.
1: You think they're cute. They're They're not. not. No. I
0: found that big, like, delineation is people... uh, We we even talked about this earlier. People that have grown up mostly in cities, like, have this perception of animals that's very different from people that grew up in rural areas.
1: So they just think they're, like, domestic pets, and you're like, no. No, they're so
0: not. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely.
1: He is coming to kill you. Like I've known people dead. that
0: will see like a, a little pack of coyotes, they'll be like, "Oh, I'm like, no, no." These coy- they would absolutely kill you if they thought they could. Most of the time, coyotes here, they're like they're pretty cowardly, but if there's a pack big enough of them, they'll absolutely try and like tear you apart.
1: Yeah, the thing that terrified me the most was getting chased by a goanna.
0: Uh, well, I don't even know what that is. I'm gonna look this up.
1: So, goannas like our big lizards like
0: huge oh they are wow like almost this kind of komodo dragon looking thing yeah i think they're in the same like all right that makes sense okay
1: but they have like these really big long claws and wow they um, do jeez wow i got chased by one because um we were out camping one summer and we came back from swimming at like the creek and this goanna was going through our food and it grabbed the hot dog buns and i like yelled at it, <laughs> it like like locked eyes with me and oh. i just ran it, it, yeah and reptiles like, have those cold before. dead eyes too yeah there is like shit that will fuck you up before like our deadly spiders or snakes will
0: oh yeah our alligators are really like they mind their own business for the most part but they like obviously if you piss them off they move pretty fast when they want to and just like the hissing sounds they make when they open their mouth. It just sounds like death when they go like.
1: <sighs> Our saltwater crocodiles are fucking huge, Oh, yeah. Like. Crocodiles are
0: even more dangerous event. than uh, alligators by a big margin. Well, they death Yeah. Will, so yeah.
1: see you later. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I think they're more aggressive, um, too.
1: Yeah, and they're very territorial. So it's like.
0: Alligators are kind of lazy. They just want to bask in the sun more or less. Whereas I think crocodiles are a lot more like hunterly.
1: They chase yeah. you. Like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. Our alligators will only chase you if you really frustrate them. Like, if you really piss them off. Like, you have to try. You know, you have to try to piss off an alligator. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. It's a wild world. The natural world is so fascinating.
1: I love snakes.
0: They're great. Snakes are cool.
1: Med's terrified. And I tried to compromise so I could get a pet snake. And he's like, nope. <laughs> nope. He's like, you get one. It's not allowed in our house. <laughs> I'm not moving in if you bring one, I'm moving out if you bring one home. <laughs> <and I'm> like, <laughs> oh, man. So I, I kind of convinced him to let me get, um, like, a monitor. Like a
0: oh, those are cool. I used to trip and watch videos of monitor lizards. <laughs> How do you feel about tarantulas? <laughs> well, okay. I say
1: that hairy spiders.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's spiders right. Spiders
1: should not have hair. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: I always thought they were cool, but they definitely freaked me out, too. No. I think I'm. I might get one one day, honestly. Yuck! I definitely. F- I want to just conquer my like fear of tarantulas. Like I'm not terrified of them, but I definitely would be unsettled by them. But I feel mm. like if I had one as a pet, I'd grow to love them, and then that would be like me kind of conquering a demon in a way. I'm
1: like I'm like I'm fine with them. It's just like this weird thing that it's well, like big an automatic too. like reaction to be gross. And their legs are like
0: as big as fingers, and they're oh, very hairy. Funny. I don't, the oh, hairy okay. bothers me They're so hairy If yeah, they had no so hair, hairy.
1: I'd be like, that's fine
0: I wonder if you could shave one <laughs> It would probably be unethical <laughs> yeah, like a little I'm just razor. curious I'm wondering, yeah, <laughs> I'm wondering how that would go down
1: A tarantula razor I'm gonna, That's yeah. it, I'm investing I'm investing in this
0: oh, I'm sure there's so a margin uh, I, I have a brief anecdote about snakes That I think is interesting My um. My buddy George, my best friend uh he and i have been through thick and thin together you know i i'm i'm i have i would say many acquaintances but i have very few close friends and he's the person i've been closest with for the longest time you know and so uh you know he's kind of like a to the grave kind of dude you know and i fully trust him with everything and so he's 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 from a really like rural area as well so like very intimately familiar with wildlife and uh i met him first at boy scout camp and his boy scout troop was very rebellious uh and very uh yeah, they were they're honestly just badass. They really were. And they were a great bunch of people. And I got to know George through getting to know them and uh they would all they would all do these kind of uh they would do a lot of pranks in the camp, but they also just get involved in really like wild situations. And one of the things they did once is for like a couple days they went around collecting black racers, which are like a non-venomous snake we have in Florida, but it's a really aggressive snake and they move really quick. And they were collecting them and keeping them in a, like a bag a big like like a burlap sack and they had like about 25 of them roughly you know i don't know the exact count but it was it was at least 25 maybe a little more maybe like a little less but and uh they were they had a running bet and whoever could keep their hand in the bag of black racers the longest would collect like the pot you know of money that had been bet on it <laughs> oh, and of dog. course when your hands in the bag with the black racers they're biting the shit out of you you can get bitten yeah oh many times and so he won and he he was <laughs> I don't know how many bites he had. It was pretty. His hand was kind of mangled, oh, but like that's intense. <laughs> it was, but uh, like, we
1: don't have sna- non-venomous snakes small enough to do that with. Oh, okay. Like all the like this, yeah. Like we don't like even our diamond pythons are fucking massive. Like,
0: wow, yeah, no, our, we have a ton of tiny ones around, but yeah,
1: the- our tiny ones are venomous. So you okay,
0: just, yeah, you got to steer clear except one, of. Except obviously
1: course. brown snake, which gets to like ten foot.
0: Wow. So. Wow! Wild. Yeah, they're badass. But oh, please, I, I I know I've I've been like derailing this so all these weird snake no, stories and no. shit. But I love talking about this <laughs> stuff. But I, I wanna I wanna definitely like, you know, uh, get into the shining here as well because I I feel yeah, like absolutely I, I'm the type of person that derails everything. So I got to be careful. Oh, me
1: too, because my brain I can't I can't stay on track.
0: Me neither. At all we both have adhd yeah so yeah this is a so perfect it's like, storm oh, it's gonna,
1: people are gonna be like what are you guys talking about
0: uh what but you we're gonna, gonna be
1: talking about the shining that's what we're doing yeah so um to kick it off when was the first time and what is your first memory of watching the shining
0: so uh i i it was when i was in high school for sure i want to say like sophomore year maybe early no it was, it was sophomore year i think maybe early junior so,
1: um for Australian listeners, how old are you in, like, your sophomore year?
0: Mm, probably 14 in the first half, 15 in the okay. second. Um, so okay, yeah. I think I was probably 15, maybe 16 when I saw The Shining, something like that. And so... so
2: late for a horror movie.
0: Oh, yeah. my Well, my mom uh, was really she wouldn't let me play like a lot of the like, rated M video games or anything violent. And so she was very, very conscious about what kind of content I took in. So I didn't get to watch horror movies or like anything uh, violent or rated R for a really long time. So I was very late to the horror movie scene. I didn't even know I liked horror movies or horror games until like a year ago, honestly.
1: Oh wow. And then
0: I dove deep. I knew I liked the energy, like the aesthetic of it. I just didn't, I hadn't really seen any of them. So I was very late to the party. I saw the shining and then I didn't see really anything else for years. And then I, kind Of got back into it, I saw uh, The Witch, which I really liked, and Hereditary, which I also really liked. Hereditary fantastic, and Conjuring, I liked Conjuring as well. Um, so yeah, and then I've been loving you know, horror games, uh, fully dived into the Resident Evil series, and I've loved that. And so, horror narratives in general have become something I've really loved, but it's very recent for me. And so, I saw The Shining hmm. many years before I even knew I liked horror, but it's because I had heard it wasn't even so much that I watched Shining because it was a horror movie, but really because I had heard it was just a really good movie right? And Kubrick directed it and it is famously just a well-made movie even if you don't like horror I think.
1: Yeah, I feel that way as well, that it's um, just got that aesthetic that's not, there's no jump scares, there's nothing that's really like um, incredibly horrific about it. It's just very um, like anybody could watch it really. Yeah,
0: it's definitely unsettling and it's like psychologically scary, but it's not, yeah, like you said, it's not going to just jump out at you and freak you out all of a sudden. Well, there's like one part maybe with the with the bathtub. Oh that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but for the most Which part it, now. I love that bit. But. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a, that definitely one gave me gave me a jump. But yeah, so I think it was at it was at a party I was hosting for I uh, maybe it was my birthday or like it was a swim team party or something. I was really involved with the swim a team swim at that point team. in time.
1: That's so cool. <laughs> we don't have that stuff here. <laughs>
0: Oh, it it was I liked it. It was the first time I'd ever done anything athletic. But we had like some event that I was hosting at my house and I was like, We're all gonna watch The Shining afterwards. Um and so we all did and uh that was the context of it.
1: I feel like I watched a lot of horror movies in that way. Like yeah. parties and being like, Let's put Silent Hill on. And for a long time I couldn't watch I see, movies, yeah. like, sober because <laughs> I was like, Oh no, I fucking can't do that. And then, but I I, real, I gen, like I oh, okay. have yeah. been watching horror since, like, I was under 10. So <laughs> all my family horror movie fanatics, well, mainly my grandma and my auntie, and, yeah, mm-hmm. so we've always watched. Like, my grandma likes paranormal and supernatural movies, whereas my auntie just, like, watches everything, anything and everything. So
0: At this point, I want to watch everything, yeah. and I've seen a lot of it. I think by the time I actually got into horror, I had just been through enough, like, real-life stuff to where horror didn't really scare me, yeah. but I loved it. You know what I mean? Like, I was never, I was never like, oh no, like, what if I can't watch this movie? I was like, oh sweet, this is yeah. gonna be great. And like, I hope it scares the yep. shit out of me. And one game I really like, the horror games too, I almost put like in the same field there because horror games are normally narrative driven. So it's like being in a horror movie, right? And of course the classics like Outlast and Layers of Fear, I love, scare the oh, shit yeah, out I of me. Play Outlast. Outlast is really quite scary.
1: It is like I've had um, Dead by Daylight on my computer. Oh,
0: I loved Dead by Daylight. I used to be a sweaty killer in Dead by Daylight. I was absolutely ruthless. <laughs> I
1: want to play it so bad, and I'm just so scared. <laughs> horror games are like a whole other level of immersion. For me. Oh yeah,
0: Dead by Daylight is one of the less scary ones. I will say that.
1: Yeah, everybody says
0: that. At first, it'll scare you a few times, but you'll get used to it pretty quick, and it it very rapidly goes from being a horror game to being like kind of a sweaty esports game. <laughs> I'm serious it it gets so like weird and strategic uh yeah
1: it'd be cool I'd be the I'd be a killer
0: killer is way more fun way more fun in my opinion yeah
1: because I just can't run away from people like that is that for some reason terrifies me well
0: if you're into strategy you'd like killer too killer's all about like mind gaming and resource management in a really cool way that's what I like about it I really like the strategy and plus you get to play as like 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 a slasher killer you know which is fun right um, okay. you know, and they have great character. You have, they have Ghostface in it, who I love playing as Ghostface, and he's sneaky. Yeah, like he is in the movies. He oh, hides yeah. and pops out at people and kills them, which is a great jump scare. Yeah, and I want to
1: play as Ghostface. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, See, that's just like
0: me being a superhero. Right. It's like it's like a healthy way to kind of yeah. I you know honestly you know people say video games make people violent. I really think that if anyone had like maybe would have been violent, I think video games give them an outlet for whatever rage they have and keeps yeah. them from actually doing it in real life. Well, they just, you know. Like,
2: go see a therapist because i highly recommend oh me
0: too me too but i feel like when i was a really (laughs) pissed off kid like instead of getting in fights at school i would just like play a bunch of like video games and i'd kind of i don't know like it it pacified me you know what i mean
1: it's a much healthier outlet and everybody sees it as a really detrimental thing to people's mental health and it's obviously dependent 100 percent on the person of course yeah it's individualistic but everyone seems to categorize it as a you know, this, uh, I don't know the word, um, catalyst for violence.
0: I think it's like the olds that don't understand it. Like, cause they didn't have it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And they look at it and they're like, Oh, this is so violent. Oh, see, I've and played
1: heaps of violent video games and my grandma too. will be like, Oh, this is interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah.
1: My family are just so blase about a lot of things. <laughs> like when it comes to what I consume, because like, I think my I was watching, like, war movies at, like, six years old and being like, oh, this is fine.
2: Yeah, 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 definitely. Because it's all about,
1: like, your parent guiding you and contextualizing everything for you and being like, well, this is actually not what it is. Like, this is, you know, you know this is just manufactured violence. This isn't, uh, this isn't real.
0: Well, and I think ultimately human beings, like we, regardless, we can pretend like we're we're better than our primal nature. But I think every single one of us feels some weird like connection to violence. Oh, I mean, yeah. just look at the co- content we consume, and it's not like necessarily that we want to do violence, but we like have a fascination with it, and it is kind of part of our weird like you know hunter gatherer past. I think it's um, more
1: for me. It's analyzing and understanding different facets of violence, and like how that impacts yeah. how I look at violence. So watching, like, um, like video game violence and watching, like, video violence, I'm able to compare those two, like, mediums and be like, oh, well, this was interesting because, you know, like, obviously in this sense, it's so much more real. But I know it's not real. But real violence, that would absolutely put me in a state of shock.
0: Yeah. Like being yeah.
1: confronted with, you know, like, real life in my face violence.
0: Oh, yeah. Same here. I was going to say earlier, the, I think the reason a lot of horror movies and stuff like that didn't really get to me is because well, I was I, I went to a high school that that had honestly wasn't that bad. Um, but we did have regular issues with crime. And, you know, I had seen I had seen, uh, you know, the aftermath of, of of actual like murders happen. And then, you know, when I moved out on my own um, at first, I, I think I told you a story earlier about like coming home from work and seeing this, you know, body and a lot of gore splattered over the windshield and then uh, I had just seen enough bodies After a certain point to where it was like I'm not saying I'm desensitized to it But it was almost like I had seen the, the actual Scary version of it mm. And I, w- I didn't like it but I also knew what it was like Enough to not be Rattled um, as much Which is maybe a sad thing The neighborhood I lived in in Jacksonville when I was broke And living on my own When I first started streaming I lived in that neighborhood We would have a lot of violence Like shootings pretty regularly around me and uh, i just remember like the police helicopters being around and then just like automatic weapons going off down the street and then just like the coroner vans coming in and shit like that and i was like wow this is heavy stuff
1: see like growing up in australia and if you grow up in like our public housing areas like the most common thing we see is domestic violence and child abuse and i feel like oh yeah i would
0: to me that's way darker honestly than like gang violence gang violence almost makes more sense It it is insidious to me, like gang violence that I run into is it's it almost makes sense in a weird human primal way because it's just like this tribal kind of thing. Right. It's like this is violence for territory. And
1: and it's like a protectionism. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's almost more of like there's more rational reason for it to where it's justifiable, where it's like you said, like domestic violence to me is very insidious. But like people fighting each other over money or territory, it's like even though I don't approve of it, it's like I get it. You know, I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason.
1: There's like a logical thought behind it. And you're like, okay, well, I understand. Yeah, I understand what's causing this to happen. Whereas when you look at domestic violence, you're like, okay, obviously there's a lot of things going on.
0: It's To me, it's so much more evil. Whereas a lot of the stuff that I witnessed, which is more gang violence, is more along the lines of survival. Um
1: Oh, yeah, like, I had my mother try to stab me yeah, when I was 14 years old. And it's just like, why would a mother do that to their child? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I was a fucking asshole of a kid. Like, I get that. But it's never a an excuse or a reason or a a catalyst to call, right. like, to... Oh, there's never a reason.
0: It's, like, truly, it's truly, it's truly, like, dark in a very horrible way. Like, in a way that's not not even the least bit fun. I love dark shit, but, like, ugh. Yeah. No
1: no uh, see that's one thing i don't joke about. absolutely like domestic violence or or like sexual abuse there's like three things off limits for me like people can joke about it and i'll be like oh yeah heaps."
0: yeah no i don't fucking like it at all i mean you've seen me you've been in my chat i have zero tolerance for the bullshit yeah uh, yeah i I can't stand it because i mean i i think my my time in the punk rock scene too you know very like not friendly to any kind of abuser uh you know i remember distinctly being at this actually wasn't a punk show. This was a metal show. And I have a complex relationship with the metal scene because while I like metal music, a lot of, I was reading an article about this recently, just pointing out how punk is very frequently left-leaning political, but metal often has a dangerously right-leaning tack, especially like black metal, which while I like a lot of black metal sound, the legacy of black metal is not like, not good politically, you know? No. And I So I don't always like, I like metal musically, but I don't always like the culture of it. Whereas I love the punk culture. Um, and, uh, but I was actually at a metal show once. I wish I could remember who it was, but, uh, I remember seeing some dude try to like, you know, uh, um, uh, like grab a woman in a way she didn't like. And I just remember seeing this fucking giant, giant metal head dude, like fucking, you know, of long ass hair, just deck him, like just destroy him and say like, not, not like not here. Never. Like. And just get like his shit kicked in, and I was like, "That's good. I like that."
1: Yeah, Australia actually has a new campaign that started, and it's called "Don't Be That Guy." Yeah, and it's about like calling out that kind of behavior in our music scene. Like, don't be that dude. Like,
0: exactly. Like,
1: and everyone's like, "Why is it like that?" Because that sounds sexist. And I was like, "Well, the most common perpetrators of this kind of behavior are men."
0: Yeah, it's almost always men right now. (laughs) It's almost always fucking men, and and and, and not that not that it always has been men, but it almost always is. Like that's kind of how I see it. Like on Twitch, for example, frequently the, the victims of a like, what's the word? I I guess it would be abuse in terms of like dudes being kind of harassing, sexually harassing female streamers in chat. It almost always happens to female streamers because first of all, it's, it's like the power dynamic is men frequently on the power. Also most of Twitch's user base. I think it's something like, I don't know the percentages, but it's mostly men uh, still, I think. And it's changing, but it's still mostly men. And, uh, so they're frequently the perpetrators not only because they're a dominant part of the platform but also just because that's that's how it plays out in most of our society.
1: Yeah, it's a bit gross, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's fucking really f- pisses me off.
1: And what I hate is anti-feminists
0: who are oh like oh my men's god rights.
1: and I was like if you're a feminist you support yeah. men's Disgusting rights. Disgusting assholes. Like, yeah. It's a- equity, you fucking idiot like oh, I can't we stand want it. Men to have rights as well. You know, rights that have been taken away because of the patriarchy. Men not Absolutely. having rights to their children. Patriarchal, because you know why? It's they bullshit. I, I've actually just bought a children. shirt from
0: Pussy Riot that they put out. It was a Destroy the Patriarchy t shirt. I'll send you a little screenshot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of the Riot yeah. Girl scene in punk. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> I had Bikini Kill tickets, and the show got canceled because of COVID, and I was really sad. Oh,
1: that is so cool. Yeah, isn't it? I'm going to have to. I'm gonna it's have to
0: good. It's good. Yeah. I, uh,
1: that'll be like a hundred dollars oh no
0: i try not to buy i don't buy clothes too frequently anymore because you know uh money but i every now and then i'm like i treat myself to a little a little yeah, guilty pleasure that's and that, really cool i thought it was great you know, so speaking
1: but, of domestic violence oh yeah um i feel like that's a very um common theme in um in the shining it is, is it is odd so um yeah we're gonna we'll go through the movie and stuff i'll edit some stuff so of
0: course look it is what it is you know i'm not worried about it
1: yeah no don't be don't be worried right so um this movie released in australia in like 1980 okay so i feel like it was really um like a big horror thing here because like i'm guessing it takes a while for like movies to get to australia and i know it went nuts here like sure was stoked on it um my mum's a huge stephen king fan so i know she mm. loved the movie um oh and the and book's great like too a, I, yeah I yeah. haven't read the book
0: I read it many many moons ago um, and I, I remember liking it uh, admittedly I don't remember a ton about it because it was like it was around the time I saw the movie for the first time
1: yeah, yeah. I've got Doctor Sleep here because mm. I know I have The Shining here somewhere I have
0: Doctor Sleep on that shelf but I've never actually read it nice yeah. Because
1: I'm actually trying to collect all of this one particular like publication of the Stephen King books so that they all look the same. Because I can't have yeah. them all, all look. The same. No, I, I, I can't definitely have get them that. Be different heights.
0: Mm, yeah, it's frustrating. It's
1: just not going to work for me. I, ha-
0: I reorganize my bookshelf once a week, um, and uh, <laughs> just to get it like how I like it. I have too many books now, so it overflows. And so I have a few other book stashes around my house. I'll have like books under my coffee table, and I have some books over here, and then my. <laughs> What are you gonna do? I've
1: got like a pile of books on my.
0: I see that. Table. Yeah, I always have a little pile too. I sometimes have to tuck them away because they'll bother me. Like, um. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. But no, uh, you're just, right. My room
1: is really small, so I like try to fit it all in and it just doesn't work out for me. I need to like put bracket shelves up.
0: Oh, my yeah. My greatest dream is just to have a perfectly organizable space to where I can get it just like exactly how I want it because i've never i mean of course i've lived in mostly cheap apartments and i can usually make them pretty cool but like one day i want to live in a space that just has like exactly what i need and then i'll just have it dialed in and i'll feel like so good about it
1: well i, also, I told ned that when we move i want to like a space where i can put a like built-in bookcase mm-hmm. and then just, oh yeah yeah, like, have it built into the wall because my brother-in-law's a carpenter so i just get him to come in right and on put it in for me and yeah like properly build one into like a wall space
0: I guess I have a question. So I think the really interesting thing about The Shining for mm. me, um, of course, like this whole, he, you know, Jack Torrance gets this job at the Overlook Hotel uh, yeah. as a caretaker, right? Or uh, what, groundskeeper, caretaker? You know, yeah, caretaker.
1: Um, They're like looking after
0: it right, for right. winter. I would honestly love to live in a hotel like that. Like if I had the opportunity to buy an old spooky hotel and just live there, I totally would. Yeah. Oh, I would absolutely do it. I would love it too because I could just get lost in the building. And maybe I'd just, like, slowly go insane, but I'm not sure I'd be, like, that upset about it. As long as it was just me, because then I... There's
1: a few hotels here like Oh, that.
0: really? Oh, wow. I need to look into that. Maybe if I ever get a good chunk of money, that's probably what I'm going to do. Uh, buy a creepy hotel, like, disconnected from society. And then sometimes people will tell, like, little stories. They'll be like, oh, there's a guy up there. He's really weird, and he lives in the hotel alone. And people hear screams, you know. But, like, they don't actually hear screams. Of course, people like to make shit up, Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's not actually a thing,
0: yeah, yeah. And then occasionally, I come into town and everyone's whispering, like, that's the guy, that's the guy, yeah, Yeah. that's my dream, that's my dream. And I could do, I could Twitch IRL stream from the hotel, that would be oh, that'd be cool, spooky hotel IRL stream. Yeah, I'm sure
1: everybody,
0: I'll be like, oh wow, that's a breakthrough. I'm gonna write that down, yeah, that's that's a breakthrough. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I have to write down things or else I forget them.
1: Oh, yeah, I, li- I give it to my Siri.
0: Oh, see, I'm, I'm a big Evernote guy, but that's just as oh, good.
1: Yeah. So um, when Jack goes to this, the funny thing that I found is that he's the the um the manager, Stuart, is like, oh, it's built on a Native American burial ground. The old classic. Stephen, yeah. Stephen King. What book? doesn't have a native american burial
0: ground. To be fair, I think before this book was written, it wasn't as much of a trope. Um, oh, was it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I could I feel be like wrong. Stephen King
1: did it in he did it in Pet Cemetery.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's done it a few times, but I think like since Stephen King did it, I think Stephen King kind of started it, and then a bunch of other oh. people did it. So like he kind of invented it and then it became a trope. That's my I could be wrong, but I think that's kind of what it is.
1: It just feels like a really common trope. In it
0: is. Stephen it King's is. Stuff. He's like, well, oh, it well is.
1: only a Native American burial ground would cause this to happen.
0: Well, Stephen King writes an insane amount of books, uh, and yeah. only some of them are good, right? So I think he probably just ends yeah. up reusing themes a lot.
1: I did really like Needful Things.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of Stephen King books I like, but there's a ton that are, like, not good. If you, I don't know if you've ever looked in the list of things he's written. It's insanely long. Um, mm,
1: I have a couple of books, um, but Needful Things, yeah, was my favorite.
0: I think he's written like uh, more than 100 books. And so, like, a lot of oh, them you'll wow. never hear about. Yeah. But then there's tons of good ones, of course, too, right? There's, you yeah, know, plenty of good ones. I mean, he's definitely a talented writer, but th- not everything lands, you know? So.
1: I feel like the stuff that he wrote during his really bad, like, addiction phase were really fucking out yeah. there. And then when he was trying to get sober.
0: Terrible. Yeah. That's a common thing. It's really unfortunate. It's like this kind of fear that a lot of artists have that if they ever like get better mentally, that their art's going to suffer, I think comes from that. Like you see artists that are like hopelessly in a terrible mental space, but they create amazing art and then they like, they get sober and it kind of sucks. It's like, it's, it's, I do think art is tied to sort of an internal darkness. Um, I think it's like a price you pay. I see it as like a a price you pay in blood for like true creativity. You uh, like have to have this like internal pain and strife, which, which sucks. I hate that, but, I don't know, it seems that way. It just seems that way.
1: Or maybe it's like a subconscious, like, placebo thing that these artists have that they're like, okay, I'm feeling like I'm struggling now, so only my my work will only be good now.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Confirmation bias in a new existence, almost.
1: Yeah, and then when they're sober, it's like they are like, or sober or, um, you know, in recovery or whatever, they're like, okay, well, now my shit sucks. Yeah. So they're kind of like channeling this whole my shit sucks, so this shit's going to suck.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's probably, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I think boils down to that. Um, Also, too, maybe another way it is, is just like you have to have a release when you're in these painful spots. You just end up creating a lot more, and it's very genuine, whereas, like, when you're recovering, maybe you don't feel like you need to create as much, so you have to force it out, which is like... you're
1: just not in a... um, Your heart's not in it? you're not yeah like you're not in this um position where you feel like you are trying to make yourself feel better
0: right but then you're like already a professional artist or writer so you're like i gotta keep going but
1: like you're already that person like you're fine right Whoa. yeah
0: <laughs> that's that's kind of i mean that's definitely a po- I, I always wonder these ranges of possibility of course i think at some point um on uh, one one day when we do the podcast and that'll probably be soon ish you know uh i want to talk about this postmodern philosophy idea of like the structure of ideas And the structure of like how people come to believe things are true because it really helped me like reanalyze. I think the big ones for this for me are Derrida and Deleuze um, with a little bit of Foucault. But Foucault's like a little more post-structuralism in society, whereas like Deleuze and Derrida are more like ideas and concepts. Um, And just like the idea of of how we can come to believe that things are true that come from the false human bias premise and that we almost bring it into being true by our own imperfections and biases. And that we can't recognize that until we, like, deeply reflect on how this came to exist in the first place.
1: Yeah. Like, there has to be so much amount, so much amount. There has to be a an incredible level of, like, self-reflection, retrospective oh, yeah. thinking, and self-awareness to even be able to understand why we think the way that we do about
0: something. Big time. And not to mention just the human understanding of the mind is so, like, nascent, you know? Even professional psychologists barely know, you know, anything about our minds. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I actually had someone try to convince me that psychology doesn't work. Oh. Like going to see a psychologist doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, have you been to a psychologist? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, once. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. I definitely think it
0: works. I don't think that they know everything, but I definitely think it works. No. You know, from my experience. They know what, they know what they they they're, they're doing and they can, they can help you. They, well, I think really the psychologists, to me, the best psychologists I've had have been the ones that almost act as a sounding board. And hear my thoughts and hold me accountable for my own thoughts. It's not that they're necessarily even introducing something new, but they're helping me reflect. Yes. Like they, they're they're almost like a guide for me along the process.
1: Yeah. My therapist is like that. Yeah. She'll be like, are you sure you actually feel right. that way? And I'm like, Ugh, no, yeah. now that you're bringing it up, I'm doubting myself. And I don't think there's anything wrong with self-doubt.
0: No, me neither. Me neither. I think it's I think it's important. I think I think if you're not a self-doubting, if you don't doubt yourself and you don't call yourself into question, you're likely uh, have have a little bit of a dangerous mind. I think that.
1: And it's not even, it's like more than just that. It's like, where's your, where's right. your accountability? Right. I mean, that's. If you don't doubt yourself. You are one hundred percent sure that what you're doing right. is right. And that, that is that is what you have to do. Whenever I make a decision, I have you know, I have my angel and my devil going, Oh yeah. Mm, do you want to do that? Or yeah, go do that. And then that's where the accountability comes in because I know that maybe what I'm doing is not gonna turn out right. the way that I want. And I'm um, then when it doesn't like I've had people be like, Cat what you said about me was nasty and I'll be like, Yeah, I intended that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I wanted to, yeah, (laughs) oh yeah, people be like, well, that's mean. I'm like, yes, it was supposed to be mean.
1: Exactly, and trust me, 10 years ago, Catherine was not doing that. I was not doing that. I'd be like, no, 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 you took it the wrong way. No, that's not what I meant at all. Or, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know why you got hurt by that. That's your problem. And I'll be like, now it's like, okay, if I hurt someone's feelings, I've got to reevaluate my intention behind why I said what I said.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get that, I get that. I mean, honestly, like I say to a lot of people that philosophy, like I love it, but it's also kind of ruined my mind because I'm just always questioning everything intensely (laughs) and uh, the nature of truth as well. And then just like some, (laughs) I always got frustrated by like the Jordan Peterson kids in my classes because they would always just drop, like they would throw around the word objectively a lot. And that always frustrated me because I'm like, how could you? And you're like, you're like early human naivete, claim to know these objective truths yeah. about the universe. Yeah, I don't know. It's like
1: even at my age, but, I don't know. I'm never going to know.
0: No one, no, not even the smartest people know fully. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's okay. Like that's fine. And that's the that's the dialectic in motion. That is about. on
1: egoism. Not that I have a problem with egos. I don't think there's anything wrong. I'm a big feature ego person. I know a lot of people yeah. aren't, but I am like feed that ego because you know why it is going to help you it is going to give you confidence it is going to give you resilience it is going to confirm anything that you've ever believed doubted thought about have done and everyone's like oh no i think you need to embrace and shake
0: hands with your ego if you want to do anything in life you because because you have to
1: don't see it as something you need to suppress, but see something. It's something you can yeah. nurture and, and help, and it can be a really positive aspect of your life rather than this thing where it's like starve your ego and feed your whatever. Like, I find that kind of thought process horrible for progress, for people's own mental health. So, yeah. I'll let my super id go. Off you go. Yeah. Go. Yes. Yeah.
0: I, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I have to, I have to bef- also, too, because. I don't know. To me, the, the ego is, is to a degree a, sh- a, a shield, right? A shield against those yeah, who would undermine absolutely. you. You need it to yeah. survive, I think. And that's what
1: I was saying about like confidence and resilience and, and your ego being that part of you that really helps you to develop, even. And like when I did psychology subjects, it was like, egoism is bad. And I'm mm-hmm. like, is it? Is my ego really the bad dude? No.
0: I think there's like a, I think there's an in between, too. Well, because for me, it's also like, I know there's a ton of, or like Ayn Rand. I can't stand Ayn Rand, you know, and she's like her big idea of egoism is what what uh, is the foundation of a lot of the hardcore right wing beliefs in America. So there's like a danger to it, but it's just like it's it's the way of understanding it. Ayn Rand is also believes in, in just purely the individual subjugating everything else for their own benefit, which is like I, yeah, I don't think their ego has to be like that. I think ayn rand has ruined the ego for everyone else because everyone thinks you have yes. to see the ego like ayn rand does but you could see it in a very different way
1: i see that more as narcissism yeah. than egoism me too and i think that that's where the issue the issue lies it's it's that.
0: just a crafty little like uh like hiding place for for their narcissism i think
2: yeah
1: oh yeah and like after suffering narcissistic abuse it's fucking in it's oh yeah I believe it it is really horrible
0: I've never been oh so the current relationship I'm in is the relationship I've been in for the longest about uh, maybe seven and a half months now Um, but I've previously never been in any the longest relationship I'd ever been in before that was I think close to six months and then much shorter so I'm I'm like a I'm 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 more or less a solitary individual Um, and so like I had been in a relationship with a narcissist before and it was very destructive Um, but it never got super bad because I got out quick you know what I mean yeah but
1: look for those red flags
0: yeah well it it gave me a good eye you know
1: exactly (laughs) you know you know what to deal with like how to cope and deal and yeah absolutely
0: well and we were talking about oh go ahead no
1: my narcissistic abuse just taught me how to deal with my own feelings and like i became a way more self-aware person after suffering through that
0: there's this like strange dialogue of life. And I think most people know this. It's like this cliche thing, a lot of the toxic positivity people say, but I think it's kind of true that like you do like, you need the bad experiences to grow and learn and develop the self. Yeah. And it sucks, but like, it, I don't know, pressure makes diamonds, you know? And it does. It's true. Aww,
1: I like that. <laughs>
0: it's true. It's true. Uh,
1: all right, let's talk about
0: this movie. Of course, please. Well, I think that's it's like, uh, so one thing I wanted to mention, of course, like while we get into the plot and all that. The thing that really compels me about this movie now uh, watching it again and talking about it again because you know you, you've reached out to me this podcast I would have never thought of it before but the whole the whole plot of, of the shining is kind of equal parts supernatural occurrence and cabin fever and yeah. now in quarantines in quarantine world, I think a lot of people are starting to tap into this really weird cabin fever and I've been yeah. a weird little isolated hermit for for a long time. You know, I I spent many years just like in my in my house uh, for days, weeks, months on end, you know, isolating myself from everyone else and from society. And this was like the version of me that that birthed the Twitch channel. But I. It was obviously like brutal for a long time, but it also allowed me to be super comfortable with myself. And after I got through the initial like tough phase, I became, I think, better off for it but i know a lot of people now i think because they've either been in school and then in work where they've always had a world to be out in and people to be around
1: like a comparison or for
0: for the first time dealing with true isolation um well not even true isolation right because you can still talk to people through the internet but like as close to true isolation as someone outside of like you know
1: is your city shut down at all or is
0: sort of like only a little bit you can still go out and do stuff but it's a lot of stuff is completely closed Um, and, and nothing's open, um, later than I would say the maybe early evening.
1: Yeah. It's the same. It's the same here. Oh, actually everything's pretty much normal, but we just have a lot of restrictions, like, um, capacity of people in venues and, um, Mm -hmm like you have like I tried to get a drink last night with my friend and you have to book even at like local pubs and I was like wow okay yeah because I haven't been out to do that I didn't even know that yeah. was the thing but okay I've only I tried know. to go
0: out like two times because mm. occasionally I just feel like I need to and I think it's good a lot of people uh are militantly like never leave the house I'm like well at this point in quarantine I think sometimes you have to for your for your own sanity you know
1: yeah that's why I went out for dinner last night because I was just like if I don't do something social soon I'm gonna Oh, I'm gonna kill a plant. Um, You're gonna go full Jack Torrance yeah. on your on your plants. Yeah. So um, yeah. Let like, well, um yeah. It's and and that like this is they this is like worst case scenario of quarantine. Really. This oh movie. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I shouldn't joke absolutely. about that because I'm sure that you know a lot of violence has increased in homes because of being you know. Oh, locked down. I know for sure.
0: And which absolutely, is, you know,
1: incredibly sad and um, actually at. With these episode notes I'm going to chuck in some resources for people to contact for um like mental health and any domestic violence stuff for uh both our countries. So yeah, so Absolutely, those right resources on. Resources and links will be in the show notes. Um, so the funny thing that I found is that this manager is, like, telling Jack all this horrible shit that went down in the hotel. You know, um, this Grady guy who was the caretaker went nuts, slaughtered his entire family with an axe, and Jack is like, I'll take the job. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do this. (laughs) And it's just like, what? Like, for me, that's like, like, massive red flag, like, don't come in. Only because I hate, like paranormal stuff i'd be out of there so fucking fast
0: oh yeah oh yeah
1: no i'm out
0: and then his son has a premonition about it too and he's like eh you know
1: he's like "Eh," and tony's like at the hotel i love tony i love tony's voice in this he's my favorite character in this movie
0: tony is a great character
1: (laughs) and now because we never really find out who tony is right is he like a ghost or is he just like um his like uh He's shining like his shine voice. Does that make sense? Like- right,
0: right. Well, we know that Jack has the shining, so I think we can kind of assume that maybe Danny does as well. And the way that it manifests through Danny is with with Tony, his little with Tony. Yeah.
1: yeah. Because then while he's having this like premonition, that's where we see that really cool scene with all like the blood coming in. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that's from The Shining. Oh yeah. And it's honestly, I fucking love that.
0: The other big Shining one is with the party, like the photo that they zoom in slowly on and you see Jack Torrance in the ballroom with everyone else. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> I love oh, that one.
1: Who? But I don't think that, happened in the book that was just in the movie. was that i think um kubrick added that okay in. yeah just to give like some extra contextual like is that a possibility mm-hmm. kind of thing
0: i've seen so many references to that uh since since the shining yeah.
1: but yeah see like because i watched the shining frig i would have been like 13 or 14 and my auntie was like you have to watch this movie. oh yeah And then I didn't watch it again. So that's like 15 years between, like, the first time I watched it and now. Oh, wow. So it's like, I don't even, I didn't even remember the movie. So when I watched it again, I was like, what? This happened?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So it was kind of cool. It was kind of like watching it again for the first time. That's cool.
0: Yeah, that's very cool.
1: Yeah. So the family rock up at the Overlook and they go through these really cool, like, um, like that scenic drive as they're going through mm-hmm. and there's like all the panoramic views of like the mountains and stuff. And I was like, that's so cool. Oh, it really is. I wish the rest of the movie was that nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I love, I love the, like the, the way this hotel looks is super cool to me. Uh, mm-hmm. honestly, like, I mean, if I, I would probably live in a hotel like this. Like I said, I honestly probably would. Yeah. I'd be intrigued. Oh, I, my curiosity would get oh, the better of me.
1: I'd probably end up with like demon scratches on my back while I sleep, and you know, like when you're getting like haunted by ghosts, and shit, uh-huh. you end up with scratches and bruises and stuff you never knew about. Yeah, that had happened in this hotel. That hundred percent guarantee happens in this hotel.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, and the twins, that one, uh, that that one really got me. Of course, the. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Me too. I that was unsettling. Oh,
0: it really me? was. There's little like subtle mm-hmm. references to the Bohemian Grove type of stuff as well in this movie okay yeah that's interesting all uh, w-
1: oh, like with the parties and things like that well
0: well the specific one that i remember is whenever the kind of insanity sequence is is kind of unraveling and um, mm. he's looking in different rooms and seeing different apparitions and one of the apparitions is like an older man who's to me looks kind of like a politician and i think that's the idea of the bohemian grove reference he just has that politician ah. look and he's getting like scene? what's that
1: He's getting a blowjob from the dog? He's
0: getting a blowjob from some weird, like, creature. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then the creature looks up and looks at him. Yeah. That was like a Bohemian Grove thing. Um,
1: oh, that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. 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 There's a lot of little coded references to Bohemian Grove in movies, which just kind of fuels the conspiracy. Yeah. Um,
1: and Kubrick would have been one of those people that would have won
0: 100%. Oh, yeah. Well, he includes little moon landing conspiracy nods too in this.
1: Yeah, because he did yeah. the film on like faking the moon landing and stuff, yeah. and caused a riot almost. Yeah, so. and everyone
0: because everyone was all a lot of conspiracy theories before that were like Kubrick is the one that faked it, and he's like, oh, that would be funny. What if I was the one that faked it? And then he kind of just like wanted to mess but with them a little let's bit. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it though. Yeah. Actually, he's like, yeah. So Kubrick was like, he had That's this so like cool. funny self aware moments of uh of just like giving the conspiracy people stuff to chew on. Uh, intentionally yeah. and I thought that was really clever and fun
1: yeah that's so cool oh.
0: I remember I recently ran into some Twitch streamer it was a very interesting saga because it was a, it was a streamer who had like a bullshit team um, that I thought I wanted to join when I first started streaming and I got denied from and then later on now I'm like well that was a bullshit team I'm glad I never joined it <laughs> And he like started his his podcast uh, on Twitch recently. I don't know how I ran across it. I think someone retweeted it. And the first episode, his thing is like, I'm going to talk about conspiracy theories. And um, his first episode was, the title was, "Is Bohemian Grove real?" I was like, well, yeah, it's real. I mean, yeah. it's it's actually a place. But like, like, nobody's
1: denying. Yeah,
0: no one's denying that it's real. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, that's not a con- <laughs> what happened at Bohemian Grove?
0: Right. That's the question. That- yeah. That- question yeah what happened it just cracked me up what
1: went on there what's still happening there like that right
0: right yeah that cracked me up you can
1: always tell when people are doing things for clout because they don't actually
0: exactly i could tell it was a bullshit conspiracy show i'm like he's just trying to tap into the conspiracy like crowd it's so weak you know i was
1: like get away from get away from my friends
0: yeah exactly yeah you stop that get out of here mainstreamer.
1: i'm you're yeah. Get out of here. Because yeah, right I'm not
0: about. a conspiracy theorist. No, me neither. Really. I mean, I I, I dig into them because I've, I'm fascinated by yeah. a lot of times. Like the a really intriguing thing to me about conspiracy theories is almost all of them draw from a lot of the same source material, right? Like, and yeah. they they interpret it different ways, but like they all are drawing from similar things generally of of obviously you know government uh plots behind the scenes, which are sometimes real, right? But the thing that gets yes. me about conspiracy theorists is they'll take stuff that is real and then they'll twist it into something that's fully, like, not what it was. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and it's like you've stretched it so far from what it could have potentially been interpreted as yeah. to creating a whole nother event that's not even possible. Exactly. And, like, I'll read conspiracy theorists because I'm always about reading different Same here. I'm intrigued and, by it. And, you look know, like, interesting. Like, why not? Yeah. It's, it's, um, food for thought.
0: And of course, you know, governments do stuff behind closed doors. This is true. I mean, NK Ultra was a real thing. Yeah, sure. But then like the way that conspiracy theorists will spin stuff like that is just like, what the fuck, you know, how'd you get to this conclusion? Like,
1: there is a bunch of Australian conspiracy theorists that think that the government did Port Arthur in order to take away people's guns.
0: That's a big. A lot of libertarian groups in uh, the U.S. believe stuff like that, and I I'd get like, I'd get it if there was an active armed resistance to the government, because there's shit like 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 the U.S. government has done stuff like this, like um, what was it called? There was a an instance of maybe it was how we got involved in World War One, where we sent a boat over to to sell. It was loaded with guns. We were selling to the U.K. And when the U-boat sunk it, we were like, oh, yeah. my God, an unprovoked attack. But, like, we knew they were going to do that. We were trying to get an excuse because we wanted yeah. to get, jump in. And so, um, you know, they'll do yeah. stuff like that. But the thing that, like, strikes me is so off about people being like, oh, they did this. So they can take our guns. I'm like, no one, even in the U.S. where we have guns everywhere and we're supposedly like these hardcore revolutionary. No one is actively resisting the government with guns almost at any point. Even now, when we're no. seeing the most anti-government sentiment we've ever seen, it's My- still not happening. Which is why I'm like, no one cares about your fucking guns because you're not doing anything with them.
1: Where are these Second Amendment rights <laughs> right? I don't know. When your military is in cities actively arresting people yeah. without warrants...
0: Yeah. This is what they're supposedly have their guns for, right? Where are they?
1: Isn't that what your guns are for? Well,
0: some of there are some groups that have been doing. it, I will say, there's a few small factions that have actually been marching at these protests with their like guns. These uh, good. And uh, and and that's like the whole point. The there's a group that's a really interesting little like kind of vein to dig into here. Um, of course, propaganda and disinformation, very real thing, and, and especially in America, mm-hmm. likely everywhere. But we're seeing a ton of it in America right now. Um just in regards to a lot of these protests, right? Like the way that the media portrays protesters is very different from what actually happens and vice versa. So there's a group called, okay, this was a meme. I'm big into anarchist memes and anti-state memes, and I've been for a long time. (laughs) And so one of the big memes for a while was that there's going to be an American Revolution Part 2 electric boogaloo. You know, that's the joke. And so the boogaloo (laughs) became this just sort of like Word that people would use, and everyone in the anarchist meme and anti-state meme community would just know that that means like that's they're talking about the insurrection. Um, and yeah. so there became this group of people called the big themselves the Boogaloo Boys, and the joke was they would dress up in their like fucking party like outfits, like Hawaiian shirts, but they'd also have their guns because it was like a celebratory of like, oh, today's <laughs> the day we take down the state. It. Yeah, and they have been coming out and like actually showing up. But but here's the thing. They have the
1: good thing is that they're showing up. They are. That's the thing. Well, but the
0: way that they've been labeled, um, and in, in, in like the perspective of the media, the media has labeled them as a white nationalist group, which is like they, oh, they aren't, oh, they were never the a white nationalist group. Doing. There are obviously some members of this, like it's a broad thing. Like I said, it was just a meme, it was a hashtag. Yeah. So there's anarchists that use it, there's libertarians that use it, there are white nationalists that use it. Yes, but
1: well, I was gonna say you can be a white nationalist and, and an anarchist, yeah. like,
0: yeah. And so they more or less pick and choose the instances of white nationalists of this to label the whole thing. They do the same Ooh. thing with um with oh. like the 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 punk rock scene, you know, and the skinhead punks, yeah. like specifically, like with skinhead Ooh. being turned into a white nationalist thing, but initially being just like a style choice that like ska people did. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Ugh. Before skinheads were Nazis, yeah. they were just like it was just like a hardcore punk thing that was just like for fun. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I know.
1: I I have. Like my sister has like actual not Nazi skin. Yeah, yeah, pants.
0: yeah. The suspenders so, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's very yeah. interesting how quickly yeah. it changed.
1: Um, Where I live, there's a really big punk yeah. scene, but there's also a lot of skin Oh yeah, fantasies. I so, mean they're the real
0: deal. They're around. I see them all the time at punk shows. I hate it, but
1: I hate it. Uh, I don't really go to like proper like hardcore. Punk.
0: Yeah. Well, there's always going to be some Nazis at any given hardcore punk show in a big scene, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. But my actual music scene is more sexist than it is racist, and that's where it's like. The fact that there's still racism is a huge
0: issue. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I just think these things are fascinating. Like, the way that, um, and and Mm. the sweeping generalizations of any given scene based on small little instances is, like, the same kind of tool conspiracy theorists use to create, like, these weird bullshit conclusions. And uh, that's kind of, like, I guess my whole point here is just, like, how quickly information becomes, like, falsified.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's, like, I got told the other day that if I don't use fact-checking websites, that I need to pay attention. And I was like, why would I use a fact-checking website when I have a research degree, and like, I'm going to use that yeah. before I use a fact-checking
0: website. Also, who's website? responsible like, for this fucking fact-checking website, exactly? I don't know, like, whose perspective is this?
1: Yeah, I'm going to use Google, Yeah, but... I'm gonna go beyond just a fact checking website. Like I'm not an idiot.
0: I always wonder about it. Plus people's a lot of people's idea of what is a fact is not true either. Um
1: Oh absolutely. That is definitely subjective. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could talk about Me this
0: too, day. me too. I, I love this kind of shit. That's like a dangerous thing I run into every time I record a podcast. Is I always want to go for like four hours, but I like I have to cut it off and I'm like, fuck, like this sucks.
1: Oh, the good thing is that I can just edit whatever's mm, see I, us just having general discussion.
0: i i'm a I'm an anti. I only edit if someone really wants me to edit out a part because I really like the flow of it. I'm a like a I'm a purist, oh, yeah. I'm a conversational purist. But yours uh. is you have a very focused <laughs> podcast. I' have a very like form podcast. Yeah. And so let's I think they both should exist. You know what I mean? Like I think for me, a big influence on my podcasting style is is Joe Rogan's, you know, three hour long conversations with yeah. whoever. And that's how I like to do it. But I also yeah. think, like,
1: Oh, like I probably won't edit. This.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Wow.
1: It, if someone wants to listen to the whole thing, because people who do know you know that this is what type of conversation we would probably exactly.
0: Do and I, so. I find that people really yeah. appreciate just a rigorous, quality conversation. I, I every time I get done having a conversation with anybody for any reason, whether it's for a podcast or not, I often just people are like, "Wow, this is really nice." Like most people don't have long form, like involved discussions on anything, and it's just refreshing. Yeah like,
1: yeah. Well, my podcast generally goes for like an hour and hour and a half. Okay. So. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I don't, I, And if it goes longer than that, that's totally. Hell hard. yeah. That's perfect. So, I'm just like export, audition, mash. Let's well, you go. just
0: reach so many interesting. Uh, I think w- when you have two people in a conversation, these two people have uh, like compatible energies in a, in, a, in a discussion sense. Especially if both people have a pretty good brain, I think you just get some really interesting uh, rabbit holes you go down.
1: Yeah, look, there's a lot of grey matter up here. Um but some of it was Yeah, some yeah. So
0: (laughs) it occasionally (laughs) aligns itself in a very interesting way. That's how I feel about myself.
1: And um yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Right on. Um, yeah, so we're at the overlook. Okay, yes, of course. They've arrived. The family's there. Danny meets Dick O'Halloran, who I don't know what he does I think he's the chef there. Yeah, I believe he's the chef, yeah. Yeah. And we find out that he has The Shining as mm-hmm. well, because they talk to each other telepathically about ice cream. And I'm like, yes, Dick, you're on. Yeah, team. yeah. Ice cream, it's it's like a focal point for any kid. You're going to have that kid on your team if you give him ice yeah. cream. And um, so him and Danny get chatting, and they start talking about room two uh, two 237. How would you, 237. 237. Two two yeah, seven. I mean, yeah. Two three seven. I don't know how like hotel rooms work. Like, is it four four zero? I don't know.
0: No, yeah, I'm not sure either. I honestly, barely, I've only been in a hotel once uh, on my own accord, and it was just because I was too tired to like keep driving. I normally just, I normally just drive for as many hours as I can. I, I, uh, I try and pull like thirty six hour hauls sometimes on the interstate. I'm terrible at sleeping, so I just can't like. I, you know, a lot of people. We're under the danger of falling asleep behind the wheel, but that's literally impossible for me because falling asleep in a bed for me takes hours, you know? So, like, falling asleep in any yeah. other situation is just, like, never going to happen, so. It's but not yeah. going to happen
1: anyway. I can sleep with my eyes open. Oh, wow. So that's dangerous. Yeah, I know. I've done it at work once or twice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a weird, like, I have to be really exhausted right. to, like, and it, it's just some weird thing where my brain just shuts off but, like, I'm still, like, conscious, but I'm still resting, if that makes sense. Like, my brain is having a break. Maybe it's just me disassociating. Maybe. But. Who
0: knows? <laughs> Who knows? I definitely will dissociate pretty hard.
1: Oh, I love it. It's my... I do it while driving,
0: <laughs> and I really... that Well, if you're on the... I feel like <laughs> if you're I on... Time. I don't know what you have in Australia. We have the interstates here, and it's like, you more or less lock in cruise uh, control, yeah, and you yeah, just freeways. go one speed, and you don't move at all, because you just stay in one yeah. lane for, like, 300 miles, so... You don't really have to... Uh, There's not much actual driving you have to do there. You know what I mean? You're more or less just staying Mm. on the rails.
1: Between here and work, there's, like, one road that I just take all the way home. And it's, like, maybe 60 to 70 kilometers. So that's, like, 100 and something miles um, to get to my house. Oh, no, sorry, less miles than that. It's, like, 30 miles or 40 miles or something. Yeah. And I can disassociate and forget what... like um get somewhere and be like oh fuck how did i get here yeah yeah i'm here already cool i'm almost home sweet
0: oh yeah i've definitely been down that road before
1: and when i told my therapist i laughed about it and she's like that's really dangerous Like we really need to talk about that. And I was like, why? Um, I don't, I don't have to focus for forty-five minutes. It's like and a then...
0: fast-forward button for life. Yeah, it's, yes. Yeah. It's useful. I
1: just fast-forward and I'm home. What do you mean? I've got to stop doing.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Um. <laughs> but uh, no, no, you're yeah. So exactly. So wait. So room two three seven. Right. Is it? I this number yes. has some significance. I think I can't remember what it is. Like, outside of The Shining, like, there was a reason why they used the number 237. I wish I could remember where it was. They
1: actually changed the number from the book. Oh, okay. So, because where they filmed it, it was at an actual hotel, and they were like, please don't use this actual number room, because nobody will stay in there. Uh, So they, like, changed the room number. I see, I see. And so that room number doesn't exist at the actual hotel that they filmed at.
0: Okay, okay. I get that.
1: Like, the outside of the hotel? So the outside of the hotel that they used is some place, I think, in Colorado or maybe Europe. Don't know
0: Colorado, I think,
1: yeah, and but they filmed yeah. the inside in Europe, okay, so but they used yeah, like the outside of the hotel for the like um hotel views and whatnot, so they were like, please use a number that doesn't exist because when people come to our hotel, they're not gonna stay in that room because of the movie
2: wow. so, yeah, okay,
1: so they changed it, yeah, to the book like the the book has a different number, yeah,
2: huh.
1: Fun fact. Fun facts with cat. That is a fun um, fact. Wow. Yeah. So, um Danny and Dick are talking and he's like, "Oh, Tony told me not to go in room 237." Right. And Dick's like, "Who who's Tony?" And he's like, "The boy that lives in my mouth." <laughs> what the fuck?
0: Oh, I love it.
1: And this is shit like my ASD niece says. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. I'm sorry? It's
0: kind of spooky, and you're like, uh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
1: what? Well, uh, uh, and because she's just really blunt as right, well. Right. I'm like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, no, definitely know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> so Dick's talking about how some places shine, some don't. This place has a shining. And then he's, like, kind of explaining that, um the images and stuff you see aren't real, that they're, like, stuck in the hotel because of their shine.
2: Right, right.
1: Yeah, and because, yeah, Dick and his mum have the shining as well, so that's why they can all talk with their minds.
2: Right, right.
1: um, Yeah, which I found really really cool that, you know, it's not just Danny who has this, like there's no. other people and illusions that Jack has the shining as well, obviously right. because of future events. Of that course. Happen in the movie. But
0: Danny is really the first person to kind of like show it in a way that, uh, you know, because like, like Jack is shown that he has it by, by the, by the chef Dick. And, and then yes. Danny is actually almost using it. If that makes sense with, with Tony yeah. and his little, like,
1: like communicating. Right. And,
0: He's implementing it yet. on his own accord, yeah. yeah Whereas Jack that. is almost always a victim of the Shining, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So it's kind. Of, it's so different. Like, not different, but um, like dichotomous in like Danny's using it, but Jack's suffering because of it. Jack's like Which a would being his used by alcoholism. It,
0: really. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. So to explain why he was such a heavy drinker, mm-hmm. maybe that's to suppress shining. it, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he's five months sober when he gets to the overlook because he abused a kid in class and that's why he lost his job right and um so we see them fast forward like a month and at this stage like um jack is really suffering with like trying to write and his mental health's getting bad and he's just a huge asshole to his wife wendy and i just get really pissed off watching these scenes where he's such an asshole yeah and i'm like why why are you such a dick like i really didn't like it maybe it was casting choice where i was like i really didn't like jack nicholson in this
0: well i think character. he's supposed to be kind of awful right like jack nicholson often plays yeah. these roles he's like jack nicholson's really good at playing people that are meant to be hated you know yeah like uh and jack nicholson so in well. a well yeah exactly i mean he's he's phenomenal when he's acting out a terrible person and and many of He, uh, my, my, actually my last name is Nicholson, so everyone always thinks I'm related Oh,
1: really? (laughs) Oh, are you related?
0: I don't know. Maybe, maybe.
1: See, my last name is Benstead, and everyone with the last name Benstead in Australia is basically related to me, so...
2: Oh, okay. Wow. It's not...
1: Oh, well, there's two families. There's one that's not related, and then there's one that is, so...
0: Okay. There's not many of us. Well, (laughs) I'm trying to, I was trying to look for, I was looking through Jack Nicholson's, like, kind of, uh... His movies, the one I was trying to remember, another one where he's obviously very bad, is Anger Management um, with Anna Sandler. And The Bucket List as well. He's like a kind of despicable person. I in The Bucket List. I did too, but he's like kind of a shitty guy in the beginning and he has this like redemption arc, right? But yeah, so he's very frequently cast as like bad Mm. people.
1: And I think like a criticism that I had of this is because of what I've read about Stephen King's feelings about his casting, that... Mm -hmm. um, you know, Jack is meant to have this slow descent into madness where when we first meet Jack, he's already borderline in that, like, spectrum of going crazy. And, like, with his, like, his facial expressions and his, like, discussion and things like that that really allude to that he's already going crazy. Whereas in the book, he first comes out just... He is just Jack, you know? Like, there's no signs of madness already. And Stephen King criticizes Stanley Kubrick for that and having that as a part of like, um, the introduction to Jack as a character. So,
0: ah, okay. That makes sense because Mm. I mean, I definitely recall the book kind of casting the, uh, after reading the book, after I saw the movie initially, my perception of the shining was always that it is a slow descent, but I remember I watched it again this time around. I was like, yeah, Mm. it it happened way quicker than I seem to remember it, but it's probably because of the book kind of, um, would have changed your perspective in my mind yeah yeah and yeah, like, yeah okay yeah.
1: you can see this madness unraveling whereas in this i feel like we're just like thrown into jacks like descent like away, and that it just happens so quickly where in the book it's such a slow gradual um you know uh thing that like engulfs him in a way
0: absolutely i haven't read the book wait allow me a moment i have to go to the restroom real no, quick all right. all right just one second i might go as well
1: I had to run away from pickles.
0: Oh, I understand.
1: Because <laughs> otherwise, she'll come in here and like fuck shit up, and I'll be like, "No, get right. out!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. We're out of here.
0: I've, you're banned. Have you um, played Layers of Fear at any point? No. Okay, so layers of fear also. Well, you start layers of fear. Um, uh, well, actually, you know what? This kind of I don't want to spoil anything. Basically, layers of fear is also kind of a slow descent into madness game, um, and uh, and it, it portrays it very well and very interesting, especially as you unravel the backstory. Um, and but but so like I love this kind of archetype of of a character who is initially stable and maybe even has like a good family life. And, like, a promising career. And then, like, a sequence of things happen. And maybe some supernatural shit happens. Maybe not. And then they just slowly, like, unravel and descend into this yeah. just total, like, almost a monstrous, you know, version of, of themselves.
1: Yeah. And I kind of see him already when he's, like, talking to Wendy like a piece of shit. Yeah. That he is already that villain. Yeah. Like, he's always had the capacity to be that person.
0: Mm-hmm absolutely
1: and so i just really didn't i was just and i and i'm sure that is the point of his character yeah is for you to dislike him and to be like oh for "Mm." sure and you see his darker nature
0: take over more and more as like paranoia and like like morphs his brain
1: yeah and i think that says a lot about untreated mental illness and you know the things that people suffer from when you know things don't go okay for for them and you know their like psychological Health right so. oh yeah
0: well you know And I, I think it's also interesting I haven't read Doctor Sleep I know they Recently made Doctor Sleep into a movie yeah. but it's the sequel To this and I believe yeah. Doctor Sleep is Okay so Hmm I can't Remember what it is but it, essentially it's about Danny I think and his Struggle yes. with the shining later on Yeah and uh I, I really want To see it because I think it's fascinating but I just I just think It's like well, like you said this undiagnosed mental illness and how there are certain mental illnesses um and alcoholism for sure is something that often mm. people say is is runs in the family or at least the tendency towards it maybe I don't know how true um, that is I think
1: it's to addiction and like addictive um like leanings like towards like doing drugs or alcohol and yeah and
0: those kinds of things yeah exactly see like i, I like
1: you're genetically predisposed
0: right right yeah i'm i'm fortunate in that i think m- neither me uh, nor my father have uh, any kind of uh, addictive tendencies mm. so like i can uh, you know I've, I've smoked cigarettes off and on for a long time but i've never i never feel compelled to i like
1: no that's habitual
0: yeah yeah. well I, I enjoy it I to love me it it's a habit yeah yeah you think so-
1: like, well it's a ritual
0: yeah oh and I love it honestly I've never I've never you know I heard someone once tell me they're like everyone who smokes cigarettes wants to quit I was like no not me I kind of like it like I don't know
1: <laughs> oh I loved it when I smoked yeah yeah but then I also realized that as an asthmatic it's probably a bad
0: idea oh true yeah <laughs> I, I don't I don't have any issues with like respiratory obviously I know it's gonna kill me later on but no I don't know the way I kind of feel about it is like something's gonna kill me no matter what
1: oh and that's my grandma's thought like
0: it's not like great but at the same time it's like i don't know there's a billion things out there that can kill you there's also a billion things out there like in the world that can cause you cancer like there's so many carcinogens in our air we breathe you know i'm kind of just like
1: the food we eat the stuff we drink yeah
0: i'm like i'm i'm kind of just like well i feel like there's a billion things i do that are equally as likely to kill me at this point (laughs) so i don't know like i
1: drive a car so right and i think
0: i'm i'm just like i'm allowing myself to enjoy this one thing That's kind of how I feel about it. Because it brings me joy and it brings me peace.
1: That's how I feel about soft drink. how you feel about what? That's how I feel about Coca-Cola.
0: Oh, yeah. It's (laughs) okay to... I don't know. We have a short time here on Earth. Like, I think it's okay to enjoy some things, even if they're not great for you.
1: Oh, that's... That's been my, like, thought for so long. And it's only been affirmed from dating Ned. So... My ex boyfriend was so controlling about like things that I ate and things that I did and people I hung out with and like he'd be like, you can't eat that because it'll make you fat. <sighs> Asshole. And, oh, we Ugh. can't eat unhealthy. And where like Ned and I are like, let's go get. Yeah,
0: burgers. let's. Let, yeah, I live a little. Yeah. I don't know. Fuck. You could die tomorrow. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I think he's just really um shown me that. Yeah,
0: honestly. Like just. We c- the entire human race could be eradicated by some weird extinction event tomorrow, you know? I don't I don't know. I just don't think it's no, worth like sweating the small things.
1: I mean, don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everything <laughs> will be okay when the don't worms eat my body, as shit. the care bears say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have like a, a weird my perception of death, I'm not like I'm I don't have no desire for death, but I'm also not like deeply afraid of it either. Do you know what I mean? I see it as just like it's, it's natural progression for me. You know, it's just like it is what it is. It, it's an inevitability. I, I've like dug into this thing called the death positive movement for a while. I, I discovered it. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah too. I discovered yeah. it through this dark matter yes, physicist absolutely. guy that went on Rogan. His name was um, Sean Carroll. And he just talks about how it's so weird okay, that human beings are so terrified of death because it's just like around us all the time and it's a certainty. We should be like,
1: yeah.
0: uh, we should come to terms with it, you know, because it's never, mm-hmm. it's not going anywhere. You know,
1: and so it's <laughs> you're not going to prevent it from happening. No, it is inevitable. It is
0: it is the, one of the only certainties. You know.
1: Yeah, I decided I want a water I want a water burial. Yeah, oh yeah. Not a water burial, but um, there's this like technology, right? Where, it's a water cremation. Sorry, one of my friends actually wrote an article on CNET about it. Wow. And it was so it's so cool, and it's like where you go in like this like vat, I guess, and like all this process, water breaks down all your
0: your body oh yeah that sounds good because i know i guess one of the major like there's a potential issue that cremation can cause like pollutants the atmosphere i guess water cremation would kind of avoid that that's good to know because i also i mean i always figured if i died i'd want to be cremated. or i have i have no interest in being buried in a coffin you could either bury my body raw in the dirt so that worms eat me or uh cremate me either one i don't i don't want to pollute shit with my cop with this stupid coffin that i don't give a fuck about i'm dead like i don't need it
1: no but i had to pay two thousand
0: yeah what's the point That's what I tell I'm like don't don't bother with some expensive funeral shit. Like have a party. My grandma
1: said the exact same thing. Put my
0: body wherever you put it. I don't care. It doesn't matter.
1: She's she's already paid for her cremation. Yeah. Um she's like basically like just let me be at home for a while Mm -hmm. after I die. Oh yeah. Um, and then because you can wait a certain amount of time and then you call the funeral home and they'll come and pick Oh,
0: well, and you know what I've even learned recently is that funeral homes and, and like embalming is not necessary, but it's something that came no. to prominence because of, well, in America, because of the Civil War, because there were so many bodies and people wanted to see their relatives yeah. that died. So in order to get the body back to their relatives, they had to embalm them. But then all these people yeah. made their whole business embalming and funeral direction. And after the Civil War, and people didn't need it anymore because they used to take care of their own dead. So they had to manufacture yeah. a need for it.
1: How gross is that?
0: Isn't that yeah. weird? Yeah, it's it's twisted. So the whole funeral industry is based off of a kind of a con.
1: Yeah, basically. And that's why my grandma was yeah. like, just call the funeral home. They'll come pick me up, cremate me. And I was like, can I push the button? Button. <laughs> and she's like, what? And I was like, I want to fucking send you in to the flames. And my grandma's like, you're fucked. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like... My um my sister has a six year old daughter, and about th- two years ago, around the same time that Ned and I lost his best friend, um my sister's like friend's mum passed away like the same day, and um we found out she was having an open coffin funeral, and Lucy, who would have been like four at the time, was like, "Mum, can I see the body?" And my sister was like no, (laughs) you're not coming to the funeral to see. And she's like, but I want to see the body. Yeah, yeah. And my sister's like, "Mm, kids aren't allowed at the funeral. Yeah. Because, like, my my sister is non-religious, and so they don't talk about heaven and hell and where you go when you die. You just die and that's it. You go in the ground, that's, that's it. So Lucy's just like, I just want to see what happens, like, before you go in the ground. Like, I want to see what you look like before you go in the ground. Right, yeah. And she's always had, like, this fascination. And I think that that's so great for a kid. Because there's no allusions to not just dying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and not, like, she's more of a death positivist than most of us. Yeah. (laughs) Because she just accepts that death happens and that's it.
0: Yeah. I think that's ultimately so, like, healthy for human beings. I see so much of, like, human evil as manifestations of these, like, symbolic grabs at immortality. Yes, absolutely. And it it causes, like, so much, like, hubris and and horror uh, that... I I feel like being more death positive would, would start to erode a lot away at a lot of that. This is your fate. Yeah.
1: Like, sorry, but this is the only fate that is predetermined for you. Yeah. Is that you're going to die. Absolutely. That is It's it. also
0: the great equalizer. You know? I don't know, like the classic uh quote I think this is even engraved on the skull and bone society chamber that like like what is the difference between the beggar and the king, like when they're both like bones in the end. And it's just like, I don't know. To me, it's almost this interesting little promise that, like, no matter what bullshit goes on in this world, ultimately none of it is significant in the long term. And to me, that's beautiful. I don't know. Like, yeah. some people see it as depressing. I see it as very freeing because you don't have to worry as much, you know, because it doesn't matter in a good way. Can
1: I just say? Yeah. Can I just say how ironic that the Skull and Bone Society has I know, I know, I know. When they only let elite people of society oh yeah i know it's fucking it's weird
0: it's weird it's so bizarre but i don't know but that's yeah that's like
1: they don't even acknowledge paupers get the fuck
0: out they're full of shit i mean they just want to be like (laughs) they just want to be esoteric but i do think it's a good like little quote and uh yeah i i guess i I, so yeah the death positive movement's always been one that's really fascinating to me and i just in general it's great i guess i like the idea um even though i'm not religious myself I, i studied japanese philosophy a lot which brought me into the study of zen buddhism and I found Zen Buddhism to be really fascinating just philosophically. And the idea of the cycle of of samsara, I think, is, while it is a religious concept in that regard, actually, interestingly enough, in Japan, uh, I mean, in what based on what I studied, the idea of religion is not really like a thing. Like, it's very much a Western concept. It's more just like part of their life. Yeah. And it's not seen as like this separate religion. It's just like, oh, that's like the way it is. And so mm-hmm. the cycle of samsara of just like that life is is composed of suffering and you know your your karmic body goes through various cycles of samsara eventually maybe freeing itself from these bonds and becoming, you know, uh, attaining nirvana. Regardless of the nirvana thing, the idea of a cycle of samsara and breaking like a karmic chain really appeals to me. Yeah. Uh not because of some like great spirituality of it, just because I think it's a useful way to look at life. But like you're going yeah, to be absolutely. presented with a lot of painful and, and difficult situations, but the idea of, of thinking of it as, like, this is this is how life is and I can persevere through it and still affect the world positively yeah. because, like, this cycle will never stop, but you can escape it and everyone can escape it, but you have to help others.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like if you're – and, and you know, a part of Buddhism is not being selfish right. and being selfless. Exactly. And I know there's obviously circumstances that call for you to be selfish. For sure. Um, and not – as in, like, starving other people of something so that you can attain it, but more in a, I know what I need right now, and this is what I have to do instead. Absolutely. Yeah. And because I, I studied um, religion at school, I actually did it for my HSC, and I wasn't even really a particularly religious person, but I like the theory behind it and how each each of those religions gave me so many reflection tools. Yeah on how I like to be as a person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Same here. That's that's how I, I see religion a lot of times is I think a lot of religions have lessons to teach people that have no interest in believing in their beliefs, but there are like little coded yeah. um, bits of philosophical wisdom. I think like I, I try my best yeah. to deconstruct religions through a phil- philosophical lens and take kind of methods of interpretation and lessons through that. And then, you know, I don't have to necessarily worry about this greater idea of a God for myself, but there are useful uh uh dialogues underneath that
1: yeah absolutely and it's so weird because like um my yeah my family is just we're not religious people at all Mm. and my sister's like my kids aren't old enough to make a decision on whether they believe in god or not so i just don't talk about it yeah yeah so, they don't talk about angels taking people away or that the baby stalk and Jesus delivered their <laughs> baby to them and they're a miracle. Like, my sister's like, You came out of my vagina. Yeah. And it was like, like it I was like totally
0: like a. Pushed you out. And it was not like a <laughs> cute thing either. No. <laughs> my
1: sister was like, It was enlightening. It was painful. It was, um, you know, like a an messy body and experience. like graphic. It was messy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's so weird, people romanticize it, you know they're like and I just think that it doesn't do anybody any kind of service whatsoever.
1: no, my sister is like next level progressive with her kids, like that like there's no giving baby nicknames to genitalia, <laughs> and like my my nieces know what sex is, yeah. they know what a penis is, they know that you know you have sex to to get pregnant, like, and they're the and people are like, oh but you're going to traumatize them, and I was like, my nieces are the that. most like, emotionally stable kids. I feel like like that's how you make a
0: well-adjusted kid.
1: They are so adjusted. Like, they know what they want. They'll tell you if they don't like something. They'll tell you if they don't want to speak to you right now. They'll tell you if you're in their space. If they don't want to hug you, they're going to say, I don't want to hug you right now.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And people think that it's like, this weird thing that kids are like that. And I'm like, what? That's normal. That is a normal trial yeah. right there. Like get out of that kid's space. Yeah. Like some of our family friends will be like, Oh, Lucy won't hug me. And I was like, that's because she doesn't fucking like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like take the hint.
0: Yeah. I don't really, I'm almost, I almost want to hug basically none of my family members. I don't know most of my family really at all. I see them like once mm. in a blue moon, you know, and even then like yeah. now I have very little in common with the vast majority of my family. And I've always felt that like the idea of, your family has to be these blood relatives. I think it's kind of arbitrary and sometimes for people it works, but not always. And I don't think it should have to be this thing. I
1: mean, like, yeah, my nieces are like, I'm very close with them, Mm -hmm. but, um,
0: well, I think for some people it works and then, and and sometimes family are the people you're close with, but I feel like sometimes they aren't mm -hmm. and that's okay too. You know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at on it.
1: It took me until I was 25 to really have a connection with my family. And I think that's because I left my mental health really um, uncared for. Yeah. And, it wasn't until I was 25 that I took myself to therapy and was like, okay, I've really got to, like, I love my relationship with my family, but, you know, like, I have other people outside of that scope that I would consider family as well.
0: Same here. Yeah, same here. That's that's kind of how it is for me. Yeah. Well,
1: that's I, I like my family.
0: <laughs> I, I just, like, I have a small amount of my family members that I know and like, and then there's a ton of people that are, like, technically my family that I don't, I couldn't even tell you. they were, Like, if I saw their face in public, I wouldn't recognize them. You know what I mean? And then people will be like, but that's your family member. Don't you love them? I was like, I don't even know them. I don't love them. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I don't don't know who they are. I know nothing about them. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, I had this girl that um, was a family friend's daughter try to add me on Facebook the other day. And I screenshot it and sent it to my sister. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know her. Yeah. Yeah. Why does she keep trying to add me on Facebook? Like, go away. So I was like, decline. I don't know you. Like, just because... Our parents know each other, and we knew each other as kids. Does not mean I owe you a acceptance of a friendship request on Facebook, mind you, a social platform I rarely use anyway. Yeah, Facebook is awful. Like, no, go away. I only use it to keep in touch with family. Oh, Okay. On Messenger. I
0: recently, uh, I recently alienated a lot of family members. I think because I went on Facebook during like the vast uh, sleeping Black Lives Matter protests and we uh, just saw like the Ooh. blatant racism of a lot of family members, and I was really harsh on them about it. Good on you. Honestly, Good. fuck Good. them. I don't care. Like, if you're gonna be a dickhead racist, yeah. like we're done anyway. So.
1: Yeah. Like my, one of my older cousins is. Um, I don't really speak to him because he's he's like six years older than me or whatever. Yeah. And. You know that old guy in um, Rochester that got pushed over?
2: Yeah, yeah, a yeah. a buffalo. Yeah, I know. You're and he about. was like,
1: "Where was the outrage with this?" And I was like, "Are you not? F- are you? Do you not fucking pay attention?" Yeah. Do you know how much outrage there was because of this? Yeah, there was tons. Like, if you think there wasn't outrage because a he's old and b he's a human being, like you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. And so I deleted him from Facebook.
0: Yeah, It's good. It's self care. because to- <laughs> I was like, "You're stupid." Yeah, yeah. You're dumb. You're out. get the fuck out of here yeah i i feel like it's yeah. good to be um it's good to be uh fast and loose with the block button and the unfriend button on on all social media oh, yeah brand.
1: i'm just like I, I i will use it vigorously i don't care
0: absolutely i mean imagine if imagine if uh if Wendy had uh had blocked jack many moons ago
1: <laughs> oh wouldn't she be so lucky i know <laughs> <laughs> friend, you're out
0: yeah you're done you're done yeah <laughs> I was actually very surprised at the end of The Shining when I first saw it. I, this is like sort of unrelated to the discussion, but I'm just thinking about it now. Like I was surprised that that, that Wendy and and Danny got away. Like it seemed Me, You know what? Me too. Yeah.
1: Me too, cuz I was like they're-, they're
0: done, right? It has to be that.
1: But I mean like most movies would go that way.
0: Right. They would.
1: Yeah, that they wouldn't have survived. And um but this scene where um Danny sees the Grady twins, I fucking love it. Oh yeah. Not the um not the the where they cut to like the murder scene bar part. That was really un um unnerving for me. But um where they're at the end of the hallway and he like comes around on his tribe.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And I was just like, Oh the old
0: classic, yeah.
1: I was like, kids are terrified. They are,
0: they are. <laughs> I, I find kids to be quite scary myself. I uh yeah, I- kids are so scary. I generally, I'm only uh, okay with, like, friends' kids, I say, because I have my respect for my friends. But, like, in general, when, like, uh, a kid's running around in public and they, like, look at me and they, like, make a noise at me, I'm just like, Ugh! and I get out of there as fast as possible.
1: My soul. Yeah. My fucking soul.
0: <laughs> I was in a park the other day and just, like, there was, I walked past a playground and one kid, like, escaped and was on the move. And their parent was, like, <laughs> yelling after them and they are like, grab them. I was like, No. I'm not, no, 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 no way. I'm never, never going to touch, bite no. Like me. Yeah, no way. Like, I don't know you. I just look the other way and like move fast. I was like, this is your problem. You know, this is your critter. You're going to deal with this yourself. You
1: gave birth to this. Yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah. Like I would, oh, do you know what the funny thing is? I like Luna, um, because a common trait of ASD is um, dis- like, just being on the move. Just see you later. Yeah. I'm out. I'm going and she used to run away all the time but I would never ask someone to grab her because that's my job yeah
0: it was weird to me I was like what are you talking about stop no like you don't know me (laughs) Yeah,
1: you don't know who I am Yeah, and you want me to touch your child it was
0: so shocking to me I was just like I just pretended like I didn't hear it I was like no 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 this is never gonna happen ever Mm, for any mm, reason mm, whatsoever mm, yeah
1: (laughs) yeah no Luna also (laughs) like so whenever we go into a clothing store the first thing she does is go to the mannequins.
2: Oh
0: man!
1: And she fucking stands there and holds it, ha- holds its hand, <laughs> and then asks me to take a photo of her with the mannequins. That's
0: good. It's kind of spooky, but it's good.
1: <laughs> it's so sp- I've got like ten photos of her in different clothing stores with mannequins.
2: Wow,
0: wow!
1: And there's one, there's one store that know her for coming in and getting a photo with their mannequins. <laughs>
0: Mannequins are one of those Kind of quintessentially spooky things Much like the same Like this they twins are. trope It's like Like the twins yeah. trope Is a spooky thing So are mannequins I feel like I
1: think just the Like ghost kids trope yeah. Is just Oh yeah Yeah And so in this scene They're kind of like Cutting between like Them standing there But then his like Shining shows him Like their grisly murder scene Right And there's just like The, the axe And like the blood And them kind of like Distorted Thank god there's no like Body parts anywhere Yeah Um because i feel like watching that happen to kids would be re- like even more unnerving than that scene in general yeah yeah and um so at this stage they oh that's when they're like come play with us Danny yeah. and oh oh just my goosebumps everywhere cuz i'm like no 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 get away from him <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> And I also just love the little, the camera, I guess it's steady cam kind of thing where it's like the, the way that they do the camera angles when he's riding the tricycle through the hallways. Yeah, yeah,
1: I like that. I really like watching him ride around on his tricycle. Yeah. In in the hall ho- I don't know why. I was like, I really enjoy this. It's immersive. I do this. Yeah. I want to do this. And the this. way that
0: they do the camera shots, you can't see around the corners, so it kind of builds the tension too. It's very good.
1: And you're just like... Yeah. And the thing is like that scene with the twins is so iconic that you know it's gonna happen eventually. Right. And then you're watching him on the tricycle and you're just like, Oh no, yeah. They're coming. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming, that bit's coming up. And yeah, it is really like BAM. That was the bit the only bit where I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All
0: right. That was spooky. The the one that really got me in this movie was the bath bath uh bathroom scene.
1: Yeah, which happens after this because um Denny eventually ends up in room two three seven. Right.
0: Because he sees the door open and he's just like, oh.
1: Yeah, the, like the ball rolls out and he's like, oh, let's. Yeah. Let's go in there, and you're like, no, no. Yeah. Tony has told you not to go in that room.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like trust Tony. Oh no, Tony tells him to go in the room. I think.
0: Well, yeah, who is the person who told him not to was was Dick, I guess. The. Dick. Yeah, the, the yeah. chef. Yeah. yeah.
1: And um. So he goes in, but I don't think we see what... I can't remember if we see what happens when he goes in there. Because at that time, Jack has a nightmare. Yeah. And um, Wendy goes in and he's like, oh, I had a dream that I chopped you all to pieces. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. You're (laughs) going to get it. Red flag. You're going to get it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, that's when Danny comes in and he um, has, like, all the bruises on his neck. And Wendy um, is like, you did this to him. You did this. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he it turns out he's assaulted Danny in the past, right? And that was it. I think at the start of the movie, Wendy is at the pediatrician and is like, "Oh, you know, he, his father, you know, hurt him years ago." Or so I, I can't remember. Something like that happened, right? And so this is when we kind of realize that Jack has the shining because he goes into the bar, and yes, it's like the old school bartenders there.
0: Lloyd, I think,
1: and yeah, Lloyd. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I love how I wrote he has a sook about his marriage, completely forgetting that he's the one that fucked up. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, you don't get to whinge about that when you're the scumbag. That's, like,
0: classic trope, though, uh, and, 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 you know, I I remember reading an essay about how a lot of, you know, domestic abuse was common in a lot of Scotch-Irish family units because instead of, like, dealing with the mental illness and problems, like, the classic Irish patriarch thing to do is to go to the bar and drink Problem Away. Like, complain about oh. your family life and then, you know, continue spiraling into... Uh, it's your wife's problem. Yeah.
1: She's, she's the bitch. Yeah,
0: that's like classic Irish family thing, you know?
1: Because mm. um, Jack actually tells Lloyd, you know, um, once I was angry and I dislocated my son's shoulder. Yeah. And it's just like... Yeah. It's kind of like he's excusing himself. Yeah. He's like, like I, oh, was I was angry. And said, I was angry. Yeah, like,
0: what the fuck? Yeah, exactly.
1: And you're like, no, you don't put your hands on your child. No, yeah. And um, that's when Wendy comes in and she's like, you've got to go to room 237. And I fucking love this scene. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because he goes in and Jack has this like, he's going into the room and he's got this like fucking creepiest look on his face when he sees the naked woman yeah. in the shower. Yeah.
0: And at first it's like a young woman.
1: Yeah. And like she approaches him and I'm like, mate, you're, you've got a receding hairline and a maniacal look in your eyes. No <laughs> woman is approaching you.
0: Also, like, you know, just the lack of suspicion on his part, yeah. too, where he's just like, like, how he would he have not have known this person was here initially? You know what I mean? Like, and he's just like, oh, OK.
1: And why isn't she like, get the fuck out of my yeah, room? Yeah. yeah, Like, what are you doing in my bathroom? Get out.
0: His just lack of suspicion is truly. <laughs> like.
1: But I think that speaks to, like, this whole um, descent that he's going, you know, spiraling yeah, into. Yeah, of course. And so they end up making out. And I yeah. just love when oh. they show, like, they pan to her back and it's just, like, all her skin rotting off in patches and I was like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's the dead necrotic flesh no. sloughing off. Fucking, okay. yeah.
1: But I think it's great. I Because I'm just like, fuck you, Jack, fuck you. Because he notices and uh, that laugh that that woman lets out when he's running uh-huh. out of the room is the creepiest yeah.
0: thing and it becomes this old woman, right? At the yeah. same wait, is this the yeah? And she's just like all of a sudden morphed into this freakish rotting like yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And
1: she just fucking laughs at him. And I was like, yes, that's karma, Jack. Karma for yeah. being a piece of shit. Yeah. I, I just yeah I I but he um he he goes back to Wendy and he's like, oh, nothing happened. There's nothing in there. Yeah. And it's like you just made out with a dead body. Yeah. And yeah. no man is going to admit
0: that. <laughs> And then, uh, then, then he gets to the gold room scene. Yeah, where it's just yeah. like the full, the, the full, party. all of the ghosts. Yeah, the, the whole.
1: And he doesn't even question it.
0: No, he's just like sweet. He's like, he's like, he loves it. He's yeah. like, oh, this is neat.
1: I love yeah. this party. There's no like questioning yeah. where did these people come from.
0: But they do a really good job in the movie, even though it is a lot more rapid than descent in the book. I mean, of course, they kind of have to do that, yeah. like by virtue of it being a movie, it's somewhat limited. But uh, they they very much, like, as the vents slowly escalate, you know, it goes from being slightly weird to being, like, over the top, like, completely yeah. off the rails.
1: Yeah. And I think this is the scene where he's, like, walking through the hotel and there's all, like, the different apparitions in the rooms and on his uh-huh. way to the gold room. And we see the um, the politician with the, the creature giving him a blowjob. And yeah. I think that that kind of speaks to the level of madness that Jack is going through or like experiencing because like the a in a normal situation the door wouldn't be open and so it's kind of like alluding to this isn't real because there's lots of circumstances where we can reflect on it and go okay if this was real that wouldn't have happened like that door yeah. wouldn't be open or that person wouldn't be there and and things or that person wouldn't be dressed like that so they go into the he goes in the gold room there's like all these people dressed like it's the 1920s or something like that and it looks like a big flapper dress-up party
2: yeah yeah
1: <clears throat> excuse me which i think looks really cool
0: yeah it does i mean yeah of course everybody loves
1: a 1920s party right
0: but delbert grady is here the yeah. original multi-murderer
1: yeah the um the caretaker and we don't really know it's him until like they collide and they end up in the bathroom and then grady says some really fucking racist shit and jack is just like yeah yeah and i'm just like but in the 80s would anybody tell them not to say those things and I thought, yeah, that's
0: true, because I guess it was pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. normal then, huh?
1: And I kind of feel like, oh, I have a real big problem with the word even being used, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, but I get the context of it, because, you know, Grady was from a certain era where that would have been appropriate. Um, not appropriate, but acceptable, and, like, normal vernacular, and it's just like... Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it makes me cringe hearing a white person say that word now, and I'm like... Mm, oh, yeah, big ugh, time. Yuck, don't say those things. <laughs> And oh, absolutely. So he's like, oh, I'm Grady, blah, blah, blah. And Jack's like, wait, I know you. I I know who you... You're the guy that killed his family with an axe. Yeah, and yeah. And Grady's like, uh, no, no, I've always been the caretaker. Don't worry, don't worry. Like, massive level of gaslighting on Jack. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> he's just so, like, Jack's just like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. Sweet. And but at this time, Grady's like, okay.
0: Well, Grady feeds his confirmation bias too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Grady feeds to him that like he's not the bad guy; that he has to fix his wife and child's yeah. behavior. And he's like, "You that, know what you need yeah. to
2: do."
1: And he's yeah. like, oh, "I can do it." I like how. Oh, where the heck did this guy come from? <laughs> this was while I was right. watching it and didn't realize that he was Grady. <laughs> so I was like, "Right, right. Who the heck is this guy?" <laughs>
0: yeah yeah oh and, and one thing i forgot about is like after the chef initially the dick halloran you know the, the chef initially like warns him about you know all the all the shit yeah. in the hotel he like he he leaves for the season oh, that's right. yeah yeah so he's not there the whole time even though he's like the other so yeah and so i guess the ghost one of the things the ghost warns him about here is that like danny's reached out to this person he's like oh danny danny's contacted him and he's like warning yeah. he's telling him to come he's back using and his yeah shine
1: and, and, and all this stuff. yeah because he's like telling jack that jack has this shine as well and right that um danny is using it for the wrong reasons and you need to take care of him and you, you yeah you know what you have to do and that's yeah. when um he he like goes into like full-blown madness at the this is the point where it all turns around for the movie yeah. Like in regards yeah. to Jack's. He
0: fully gets unhinged.
1: Yeah. And I really do enjoy him as Crazy Jack. Yeah. Like, um like the scripting choices and like the camera angles that they use. Oh, he's
0: very convincingly like a psycho yeah. murderer kind of it's character, great. yeah.
1: It's great. Yeah. But then so when well, the performance
0: by Jack Nicholson is mm. extremely convincing. It's...
1: Yeah. I just wish they did it a little bit more differently. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, he he does a great job. But I mean, like more in the whole, he could have acted less psychotic at the start.
2: Yeah. Like maniacal,
1: yeah. you know, like in that manic look in his face and, and, and whatnot. But um, Wendy equips herself with a baseball bat and she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to get us out of here. I'm going to get us out of here. I'm going to knock Jack the fuck out. And she does. And he ends up like falling down a whole, oh no, I've got it here. I forgot. This is important this bit because she goes into the study where he's been typing and she finds his work like he's writing and all it says is all work and no play makes jack a dull boy
0: over and over for pages and pages and pages yeah
1: that's what he's been doing for the last month and it's just like holy shit yeah and
0: (laughs) that's a red flag for sure (laughs)
1: yeah i was just like oh But he looks so, like, intense when he's working. Because there's a scene where he's like, Wendy, if you come in here and you hear me typing, like, don't come in because it means I'm working. And he's like, now get the fuck out. And I was like, you're not working. That's all you're writing. You're just writing this over and over again. That's not work. That's just control, copy, paste. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, this is the point where Wendy basically knocks him out and drags him into the, um... What's the word? Like, the storeroom.
0: Yeah, it's like a pantry.
1: Pantry, that's the word. Yeah, 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 I think of the word. Um We just call them cupboards here.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, of course, of course. Kitchen cupboards. More or less the same.
1: And, um... So, he's locked in there, and she is, like, trying to find... She goes to try and find Jack. Not Jack, Danny, sorry. And, um... At this stage, like... Um... Grady shows up and is like, Oh, mate, you're really fucked up. Like yeah. oh, I'm really disappointed in your level of not being able to get the job done. And Jack's like, Don't worry, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go do this shit. I can do it. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish the job. And Grady basically unlocks it and lets him out. And so in this time Wendy's fallen asleep. And this is like the famous scene of um the red rum
0: scene. Oh yeah. Well, then this is like this. This isn't even the first time Danny said red rum, but like this is no. the first time it gets like kind of revealed, and he's like freaking out about it too. Like so before yeah. he mentions red rum, but now he's like red
1: rum, red rum,
0: like over and over again. And he's
1: like screaming it. Yeah, at Wendy. yeah. And he's got like yeah. this fucking knife.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: like a finger going, and I'm just like, oh no, kids yeah. are terrifying.
2: They are. They are. They are.
1: <laughs> and then he gets the lipstick, and he's like written it on the wall yeah and then so he's like he's screaming of red rum has woken wendy up and she like gets a knife off him and she's like what the fuck are you doing and then she sees the reflection in the bathroom mirror and it says murder yeah and i was just like ah
2: yeah yeah
1: i love it because <laughs> obviously that is like a warning signal like hey you're gonna, of you're gonna get killed like, yeah wouldn't you yeah, just... yeah. And so at this scene, that's where...
0: You know, the whole backwards backwards red rum thing, I always thought about as like... I never really thought too deeply about it, but recently I kind of... Okay, so I mentioned this whole Bohemian Grove tie-in or the like secret society tie-in kind of thing going on. And I don't know if you're familiar with just the idea that in a lot of these little secret, uh, you know, clubs that supposedly people speak backwards. Um, oh, no, and- I didn't. Yeah, supposedly. I mean, that that that's like one of the code languages in a lot of these little underworld, New World Order societies. And wow. then, you know, a lot of conspiracy theorists tie that in. They're like, oh, if you play, you know, certain songs backwards, you're all different message or whatever. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it has nothing to do with it. But I also like to think that since, um, Q- and I think it was just really Kubrick's uh, influence on the story. He likes tying in these little nods too. Uh, yeah. I mean, Red Rum was in the book, but I, I like to think that, with Kubrick's kind of throwing in a couple other tiny little nods to the secret societies and, and stuff like that, that it, it almost has, a, has an element of that as well.
1: Yeah, like links it together and is like, hey, yeah.
0: Yeah. check exactly. this out. Exactly. And like Tony is a real person, or like a real person that, that Danny has access to because of The Shining, and that Tony oh, knows these yeah. secrets. Like, Yeah. So whenever Tony's talking, Tony's saying red rum. And Danny doesn't even yeah. know because he's just channeling Tony right
1: yeah like a um like a spiritual medium or something like that
0: exactly exactly uh, so i don't know
1: i don't know yeah but i love tony yeah <laughs> he terrifies me
0: yeah he is truly like the yeah. little
1: creaky voice that denny has yeah. i'm like yeah. oh no but apparently while they were filming these films with the actor that plays denny they never put any of the scary stuff in so he never knew he was in a horror film
0: oh really interesting
1: didn't even know he was in a horror movie
0: wow Wow! that's
1: so cool that they did that and protected him from that but I'm sure they probably do that with a lot of kids that are in horror movies
2: yeah
0: I'm sure I'm sure they do
1: Except the kid that they chopped the head off in hereditary because they would have had to tell her about that.
0: Oh, yeah. that's so That surprised me so much. I wasn't expecting I that to happen at all. Me I thought too. that kid was, was going like, to be the main character and then just me done. Too.
1: I was like, what the fuck? I just sat there like... Wow. Like, you know the amount of time that the brother's sitting in the car being like, what the fuck? That was me. Like, processing uh-huh. it. I was yeah. like...
0: I think that was a really good device. That, like that was a really good uh, like 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 narrative element that they really they really yeah. do surprise you with that because you don't think that's coming I at mean, all.
1: It just fucking blew my mind. Absolutely that whole movie blew my mind.
0: It was it was excellent. It, it, the way it escalates to right at the end is it's just really great.
1: And you're just like, what the fuck? But yeah. Ari Aster, um Ari Aster's films do that. Like if you've seen Midsummer,
0: I haven't, but I, I want to soon. It's on Amazon Prime. I need to watch it.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I really enjoyed it. A lot of people, a lot of horror movie fans didn't, but I really, really liked it. Um, Yeah, so this is where Jack, the, you know, hey, everybody knows this scene because it's Jack, like, chopping through the door.
0: Here's Johnny. Yeah. Classic yeah. scene. Yeah.
1: And so Wendy is has locked her and Danny in the bathroom and she's kind of, like, let Danny out the window. And, like, the snow has come up to, like, like, banked in up to the second floor. And yeah. he just, like, scoots on out. And it's yeah. just, like... That'd be so much fun.
0: And he's into that. He's running into the hedge maze that they're in earlier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So at this time, like, this is where the Wendy, I'm home. And he's, like, knocking, like, and then there's the here's Johnny bit. Yeah. And I actually wrote here that it's, like, a reference to The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. I never knew that.
0: Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it all
1: makes sense. But I don't know why they put that in there, but... (laughs) Maybe there's like a. Ref- Maybe there was like a skit or like a. Something they did on The Tonight Show with axes. I don't know. Yeah. Or like an axe murderer or something. I don't
0: know. Who knows? I don't know either. I don't have the context for it. Interesting. But yeah, she repels him with this knife, this aforementioned knife.
1: Yeah, and she actually. Oh, oh, hold on.
0: Oh, no, it's totally okay.
1: I'm having a moment. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> I was trying to sit cross legged. Um, so she. She gets out. um, I don't know how she gets out. She
0: like slashes hand, and he like he like kind of pulls back. um, Mm. And she's like screaming and shit. But he, I think, I think the real he pulls back because she slashes him, and he also hears like he hears the like dick come up in his like snowmobile or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he goes down to the lobby.
0: And this whole like journey to the lobby too is also full of all kinds of like hallucinations uh, and like the blood and.
1: And he's like. Storming his way down there, and I'm just like, Oh, just that energy that he has while he's walking there. I'm like, Give me the heebie jeans. Oh, yeah, I don't know why, but it really did. I was just like, I don't, I feel really.
0: And there's like, there's like the blood is gushing out of the ceiling in the lobby, right? Yeah, yeah, just like everywhere. Yeah, and like
1: Dick would be able to see that, wouldn't he?
0: Um. I mean, or would well,
1: hallucinations be individualized.
0: I feel like it is kind of individualized because Jack's experience of The Shining is very different from Dick's seemingly, and from Danny's. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Like even though it's all, it, it has this vulnerability, the psychic vulnerability for all of them, but they all seem to be seeing slightly different things and yeah. slightly different like tones of thing. Like the the Tony that Danny's tapping into, Tony never appears to to, to Jack at any point.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? True.
0: So maybe they. Or to dicks. So. Yeah, exactly. So it, yeah. it is. And the
1: twins don't appear no. to anyone but Danny. Exactly. And yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe they're just selective in who they talk to. Right,
0: right. Or that their own mind colors their shining experience. Right. Since Jack has this yeah, tortured. Absolutely.
1: Or the hotel is. What? What's that? Because it's meant to be like the hotel is the thing with, right. the, shine, with the shine. like right?
0: the Or the hotel is rich in the shine, but these individuals yeah. can perceive it. But it's still contained within the context of their own minds. So, yeah. like, within Jack's mind, his shining manifests in this, like, violent way. and mm. this, like, confirmation way. Like, he sees all these things that are provoking him towards his darker, violent tendencies. Um, yeah. You know, whereas Dick is, like, kind of a wholesome shining guy, you know? He's like, even, I think, even in Doctor's Sleep, and I haven't seen it, but I think, I think Dick's ghost is in Doctor Sleep. Oh, and so even cool. in Doctor Sleep, he's like, he's like a wholesome, like friendly ghost. So, like, the shining is just a sensitivity to me. The way I see it, the shining is like a sensitivity to the yeah. paranormal, the supernatural, like the kind of, um, whatever ethereal realm, but the individual with it still uses it, uh, in whatever way is unique to them mm, or like, it uses them or, yeah, the way that they access the shining is, is yeah. subjective.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, my sister can see ghosts, but um,
0: <laughs> I believe it. I uh, I saw a ghost once at uh, at my summer camp. I firmly do believe. It. My buddies were with me too. We all saw it together. We all kind of agree mm-hmm. that it was definitely a ghost. That's so cool. Just sort of like we were, we all saw it at the same time, and we were all like, "Oh my god!" Is that- it was, it was a yeah. We were like, "Uh." uh Actually, wait one second. I, I need more caffeine. I can feel um, a mild, tired sneak up.
1: All right. We should wrap this up because I am starving. What's it's that? Lunch time. It's lunchtime here. Oh, yeah. My yeah. stomach's grumbling.
0: <laughs> I could eat as well, honestly.
1: Yeah. That being
0: said, I very much enjoyed this conversation.
1: No, me too. I could, uh, honestly, the shit that goes on in my head. Yeah. I need a soundboard.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, me too. That's Streaming is an outlet for me in many ways. Like, having conversations with chat, I need the outlet. I also just, it's way easier for me to do things when I'm talking to someone. It's a very strange, like, phenomenon. But a lot of times, whenever I'm, like, working, I'm trying to be on the phone with, like, a friend. Um, Nice. I don't know how to explain it, but. No, no, I get that. So sometimes I don't know I'm like on the
1: phone with a friend, oh aka Ned, and yeah. I'm working and he's talking and I yeah, ADHD is just like
0: Yeah. So I just do like tiny little mundane tasks when I'm talking to someone. It helps me stay focused. It's like a weird oh, thing awesome. I have to do, but No, yeah.
1: it's not weird. It's what you you got to do what you got to do.
0: There's like a little video game that's like an aim trainer. Where you just shoot targets and I do that sometimes when I'm talking to someone because it helps my ADHD like stay in line like, s-
1: stabilize it like yeah because yeah, it's um, a very
0: simple there's nothing there's not much to focus on i'm just like clicking little dots but it, it helps me like i don't know it helps me stabilize exactly oh
1: i actually have a splitting headache as well but that's because i've had two coffees um, oh. and nothing to eat so if i don't eat but uh, i haven't eaten since eight o'clock last night so yeah my yeah brain is like you need to oh, please me. look I think no. we've we gotten into yeah. it, you know? I think we well, could... We're, uh, we're at the end scene. Yeah, yeah, the there we go. Movie. And so this is where, um, like, Denny is in the maze, and Wendy is actually walking through the hotel, and she's seeing the ghosts as well, which right. I thought was really interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Why is she seeing them? Or are they actually manifesting now because of...
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I got the idea that, like, maybe at this point they were just so emboldened, like, the ghost, yeah. that they were revealing themselves to even, like, her who doesn't have yeah. the gifts, seemingly. Which I don't Ooh. think she does have the gift, because we've but, never seen another no, reason why she would.
1: Yeah, and there's no actual, like, allusion to her having the shine at all.
0: No. So I think it's just, like, that the hotel is now, like... It's almost like it's been... It, it, this is what the hotel wanted to happen. Like, hmm. the hotel wanted Jack to go crazy. The hotel wanted Jack to, um... You know, spin off the rails. And also him killing Halloran. Uh, I've done, like, a little research on Dr. Sleep. And part of the whole Dr. Sleep plot is there's these, like, psychic vampires that feed on people Mm. with the shining. And some part of me wonders, like, the fact that Halloran has now been, like, killed has released this energy into the hotel, which kind of activates it, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Because this—I mean— There's no way you'd ever know it in the context of this movie, but when you look at Dr. Sleep, you realize that there's like sort of an innate energy that these shining people have, and that like when they're killed, it can be consumed. Um, I don't know, but I don't know if Stephen King knew that when he read it or if he decided to make that thing afterwards. He wrote
1: Dr. Sleep, (laughs) yeah, who knows? Who knows? He's like, now I've got to write a reason why Wendy can see everyone, Um,
0: right? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but that's my thought. That's just like a thought, at least.
1: (laughs) So, um Jack then goes out to find Danny in the in the maze, and Danny is just way too smart. Um, and so he realizes that his snow tracks are gonna lead, like his footsteps in the snow are gonna lead Jack to him. So he kind of like walks all over them, and yeah. then leads them off. But then he like dives into the hedge, and Jack comes through, and he's like, "Oh fuck! Well, I don't know where he is. I'm gonna keep looking." Yeah. And it's just like you didn't think he'd be in the bush.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: My like my brain would have been like, oh well, he's um, he's gone up, or he's gone across. So yeah, yeah. He obviously didn't go up. It's, you'd love <laughs> Dead by
0: Daylight. Dead by Daylight's all about tracking survivors and trying to like mind game them. That's oh, what's really God. interesting about it. Like when you're the killer, you're like looking at them. And you're like, ah, oh, which way would you go? You know, and you just oh, like predict God. them. And and when you outplay them, it feels so cool.
1: I'd have to play as the killer.
0: I could yeah. not. It's I way more not fun. Have that. It's try. way more fun. It's frustrating <laughs> at times, but when you get it right, you're like, ah, oh, gotcha. Like, you know, like outsmarted.
1: Uh, maybe I'll just have to play.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's fun.
1: So Jack goes further into the maze and he like goes really, he gets lost in there. He does. And, yes. Like, well, Dennis not only does he get up. lost,
0: he gets so lost that he freezes to death. He's
1: to death. Yeah. Yeah. Because during this time that he's freezing to death, um, like Danny and Wendy are making their great escape on, yeah. like, the snowmobile thing. And, um... But I love it because I read somewhere... I was reading, like, all these, like, deep plot analysis of, like... Because Kub- Kubrick, uh, Kubrick's ending is very different to Stephen King's ending. Yeah. Like, Jack doesn't freeze to yeah. death in the maze. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think there's allusions to him still being alive in the end of the book.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm actually yeah. kind of... um. I'm actually going to look it up because I can't remember.
1: Yeah, because they were saying that um, during this time that Jack is freezing to death, he kind of comes out from the power of the hotel. Yeah. And he kind of like, um, what's the word? Like, comes back to reality and he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to freeze to death.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think actually in the book he supposedly dies in some like explosion, but it's like maybe Uh, he died, maybe he didn't.
1: Overlooked, it burns down.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hotel
1: burns down. Yeah, and then at the end of um, so after we see Jack freeze to death, it pans to that picture that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Of all these people together in like from the 1920s, and Jack's like there at this party, and it's kind of like, well, was Jack a ghost?
0: I was, I was wondering about that. And then I was thinking maybe it's like now that Jack has died at this hotel and gone through this whole hotel's like story, just like Delbert or whatever, uh, was now like a waiter in this scene. Like, this is what happens to the tortured souls of the hotel. Like they end up in this grand, like gold room, you know, he enters the photograph now because he's died at the hotel Yeah, and he's been, he's, the hotel has taken possession of him, you know? Yeah. The hotel now owns him.
1: The hotel anyway.
0: Yeah. It's yeah.
1: like obviously the hotel is the sinister um right. like uh character.
0: catalyst or uh, yeah. yeah okay it, yeah yeah it yeah wants for sure the
1: souls to be trapped in and to continue feeding it
0: Are you familiar with American Horror Story? Yes. So you know like America <laughs> I love that show first of all oh, but there's oh, this kind yeah. of one of the running themes is they'll have certain locations that trap spirits yeah. you know like AHS hotel uh, Roanoke and 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 fucking even the new one 1984 yeah, murder house. Yeah, that's murder like house, a that's sorry. like a thing. Yeah. So I think of this the mm. same way that you have a hotel yeah. in which all these spirits are trapped and they're pissed off because they're ghosts and so they uh
1: want to trap other people there as, yeah, like, yeah. retribution for their own entrapment. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Spirit that's kind of how I see it.
1: Yeah, me too. And I um yeah, cuz I everywhere I read, everyone's like don't forget that the antagonist is the hotel.
2: Right, right.
1: And I was like, "Whoa." that's intense
2: yeah yeah it's <laughs> like it's very really it's very interesting think about it hell yeah
1: because you normally have like a bad dude or a, you know a bad ghost or a bad character but it's like no it's an actual physical location that is the bad dude it was cool.
0: right that is cool that is cool
1: i really enjoyed it well hell um, yeah so i normally wrap up the podcast by asking you what is the last horror movie that you watched and
0: you can't say China, mm, so. No, it was... No, yeah, it was... Um, I actually think it was... Well, Green Room, probably. Uh, if okay. you consider that a horror and I would say it's kind of a horror movie. I haven't seen it. It's um, it's a, it's a, actually about punk rock. It's like this, this punk band is touring, this DIY punk band, and they're trying to... They barely have enough money left, and they're in the tour van, and so they get, like, one last gig. They have to book one last gig to get home, and some guy they meet's like, oh, my cousin, like knows this venue on the middle of nowhere it's like halfway between your destination and the next he's like you can make That's some like, quick money and keep going well and they go to the venue and it's like a it's like this hardcore venue in the middle of nowhere there's tons of punks everywhere and um they're like in the venue and uh they realize that it's like a Nazi punk hardcore venue oh and they uh they end up basically uh, not to spoil the whole thing but more or less like they get trapped in it um because of some shit that goes down and it just becomes this horrifying like they were trying to escape while these Nazis are trying to kill them yeah. and uh, okay. it's like a horror movie but the reason I, I well it was good it was a good movie not only because it had to do with punk rock but also because it was a horror movie that could very much actually happen you know like
1: yeah those are the ones that scare me the most
0: yeah and those because venues do exist yeah. they are out there and uh, yeah that's so, so that's probably the last one I saw yeah and before that it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh excellent movie and then I play. I play a lot of horror games as well. I think the last horror game I dived into in a deep way was Soma.
1: Oh, I have Soma downloaded on my desktop, and I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. No, it's no, good.
0: No. It's very psychological, um, and and cool. I have
1: a mosquito in my room.
0: It's the it makes of you the think.
1: Day. What are you doing in here? <laughs> you're, a, you're a nighttime bug. <laughs> I
0: don't know. They're rude, but yeah, they're they're. Uh, that's my uh, that's my whole thing. Cool. Well, uh,
1: I really do love the fact that I got to chat with you about everything, life, existentialism, and the shining.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I very um, much enjoy it. I very much enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, can you please tell us where we can find you?
0: Uh, yeah. So major grunge, uh, all one word on basically everything, uh, major grunge, Twitter, you know, major grunge on Instagram, uh, Twitch, which is my main anchor of content, sort of the main pillar. Um, yeah, active in, in my Discord as well, which you can find the Discord links on like everything. And uh my big thing, my big project other than Twitch is my podcast, which is called Grunge versus All of Reality, and it's on everything. Uh, so I you can just type that in.
1: Listening to it. So.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I'll be releasing another episode tomorrow.
1: Fun. Oh, cool. Who
2: with?
0: Uh George Clooney Cream. Oh, you know fantastic. Her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh and then after that it's uh with one of my friends Carreros and then I still need to record some more, so <laughs> Yeah, I gotta schedule some more guests.